Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about Grandmaster Nightfalls. It's going to be a more formal review. They've been in the game a little bit longer. More people have interacted with it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or you're watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday. Just go to saynotorage.com. It'll bring you to my live streams, uh, the channel where I'm streaming. Uh, You can use saynotorage.com for that. And uh, if you also want to use Patreon, you can go to sntrpresents.com. If you don't want to do Patreon, you can click the join button on YouTube. All of the tiers and the benefits are identical. So the reason that I wanted to make this video is mainly kind of give some reasons as to why I don't do Grandmaster Nightfalls and why I think there's design decisions and loot decisions and other things that they've done with Grandmaster that I believe needs to be addressed. Now, I know people are going to comment and be like, you can't have an opinion on Grandmasters if you've never done them. Um, My pushback on that is, even if I played them and enjoyed them, or played them and hated them, whichever whichever happened, whether I would confirm what what I think or not, uh, I'm going to give an example of with the dungeon. I play the dungeon and I love the dungeon, but I'm still critical of the decisions they made about not having a hard mode and the loot inside and, you know, reissuing weapons and endgame content. And so I can make philosophical design decisions or loot decisions from Bungie, even though I haven't engaged with the content. So I'm not going to be making experiential critiques here. I'm going to be critiquing this from a design perspective with a desire to see Spectrum and harder difficulty content come to Destiny, as well uh, as have better design pl- better design decisions for Endgame, as well as better looting decisions for uh, Endgame. So let's just start with Blunt Object. That's kind of the first point that I want to make. I think that 12 negative modifiers in a really, really huge delta ends up just feeling like a blunt object. It doesn't really feel like dynamic, nuanced uh, combat. It doesn't feel like something that's thoughtful or well-designed. Just sort of bludgeoning the player with lots of negative modifiers and then a really, really high delta. It's like a bat to the face. The mantra and the motto I've continued to say that I would like to put into place uh, for uh, Grandmaster Nightfalls is these enemies are really strong and so am I. Like we should be able to go in and say I can I can be strong in here too because you know from a and again this is not an experiential critique. I I think this is true in general in Destiny and games like it is that when we get when we get into the end game of a game and we've leveled up and we have builds and we have strong weapons. I don't think it's a good crescendo of content to feel weak, right? Like, I don't think the translation of, oh, I've done all this stuff, I've leveled up, I have all this gear, going into the endgame and feeling really, really weak and like tissue paper, I'm not really a huge fan of that as a, as a, as a journey for the RPG and how it feels, you know, the more you level up. So more and more, I think uh, game design companies and, and developers need to consider that, that the end game shouldn't feel like I'm a piece of garbage and I'm really weak. You need to empower us to be strong as well as have the enemies be very threatening and be very strong as well. I've continued to say that they should promote builds with the seasonal mods, promote using the seasonal mods, promote different builds with positive modifiers. 
I do not think that positive modifiers are juxtaposed or or ex- mutually exclusive with having hard endgame content. There's this weird hesitancy, it seems, from Bungie to give us powerful modifiers or to make content feel kind of crazy and wild. We had things in Destiny 1 like Specialist and Small Arms and Daybreak and things that made everything feel kind of crazy and chaotic, but we were also pretty strong as well, not just the enemies. So, that's sort of my just initial critique. Like, from from the outside looking in, I've never run one. I look at it, and I'm like, that is just a blunt object to the face. It doesn't really feel like Destiny. And then I want to talk about design flaws. So now I want to get down into the idea of, like, okay, how does this content actually land when you just slap this on every strike? Because a lot of these strikes are very, very different. If you remember when Grandmaster Nightfalls initially showed up that first week, people were figuring out ways to run them in, you know, seven to ten minutes. They were going invis and skipping. Well, not all strikes are equal. Some strikes you can't do that. Corrupted is, you know, far more uh, significantly challenging uh, than than some of the others. And I think you're starting to see why this doesn't work from a design perspective. I'm going to bring back an old memory that you might have if you played Destiny 1 and the Saber Strike. If it had Arc Burn and Specialist on, it was a nightmare to do the opener, especially when it was the Fallen. The Vandals could one-shot you from the ship. They didn't have to jump down yet. They'd always shoot that one wire rifle shot, and it was getting a double buff. The opening of the Saber Strike was harder than the rest of the strike. Why? Because you just slapped on modifiers that are coming after the fact. They weren't even in there. I don't even think if they were in their mind when they initially conceived of and built the strike, and that's part of the problem. This also breaks down enemy hierarchy. So, what do I mean by enemy hierarchy? Right now, when you go into the game, there is three tiers of enemy. There's trash ads, majors, and bosses. Now, I know with bosses, there's bosses and mini-bosses. There's sort of differences within those tiers. But, you got trash ads, majors, and mini-bosses bosses, okay? Trash ads, because they're weak, both in their health and in their damage output, they make up for that by having a larger quantity of, of, of trash ads, as well as having their attack patterns, and, attack patterns and rhythms being very spammy. So, the lower tier the enemy, the more they shoot at you, they, they kind of spam you, and they tend to be in greater supply. A good example of this would be if, you know, there's a bunch of acolytes around and maybe there's one or two knights there's less knights and the knights shoot in a slower rhythm it's more of a, it's more of a rhythmic shot instead of a spamming shot okay this breaks down when you go into content and the trash ads the lowest tier ad is suddenly doing way more damage and has way more health now the hierarchy of the enemy is breaking down because they're in great quantity and they're doing tons of damage so now their great quantity and their spammy attacks don't translate into a good experience for the player you're destroying enemy hierarchy with sort of this blanket buff this blanket delta as well as all the negative modifiers that also buff enemy attacks grenades you know etc the creation here is just in the wrong order. We have D2 vanilla strikes that were made and designed years ago, probably three and four years ago is when they were initially designed and conceived of, and now you're slapping all these modifiers and a delta on it. None of these rooms, enemy saturation, choke point distance from where you can attack or hide, none of the, the design philosophy behind these rooms, areas, and enemies and, and enemy setup, none of it was built for this. You're coming in after 
the fact you're trying to ham fist difficulty into content that wasn't designed for it it would be like whenever you had to do lost sectors with renown during faction rally some lost sectors were an absolute nightmare because you just couldn't get into good positioning because the lost sector wasn't originally designed with renown in mind okay that's a microcosm of kind of what i'm talking about here these strikes and layouts of rooms the mechanics they were not designed with these things intended the corrupt is a good example uh because you have to be in such small spaces and satisfy mechanics and stay alive and there's lots of ads and there's lots of attacks and there's nowhere to go there's nowhere to hide and it leads to lots of frustration this again as i said at the beginning not all strikes are equal and i believe this one size fits all delivery of difficulty it breaks down so many things in the design Uh, framework of the game keep in mind i am not making an experiential criticism here i'm saying from the design philosophy of the game and what strikes look like and how they flow and how the enemies are set up and how enemy hierarchy is designed in destiny this sort of modifier delta system it does not set up these environments and in a way that is equally challenging week to week and is even conceivably you could even call some of it just not really really good content because of the way that you have to respond it's you're just hiding behind walls and getting one shot by attacks that are undodgeable we don't have the player movement the lateral agility and the and the and the speed and response to react to attacks that can literally hit you know kill you in one shot lastly let's talk about loot this again is not an experiential thing i'm just looking from the outside in and saying if i'm going to go all the way up to the absolute hardest content in destiny this loot is not worthy of the the environment that it's in especially going into year four where aspirational content is supposed to have aspirational reward if you look at sunsetting and raids and dungeons and grandmaster nightfall sunsetting is supposed to deliver excellent loot at the very very top so there should be i think seasonal grandmaster loot i think a whole armor set would be a good place to start you typically have six grandmasters so the first five one armor piece a week once the sixth one shows up you can pick any of the grandmasters you want to go back and get maybe an armor piece that you missed it could be a universal armor set so you don't have to worry about grinding for good stats just make it look awesome the sixth thing could be like a cosmetic item like a ship or a sparrow or something again giving the opportunity for players to do what we talked about the other day they can peacock they can kind of make themselves look better and this would be a way to update that every season seasonal uh grandmaster loot um I think would be a better treatment of this content so it is more unique when they took the Eververse um, armor set out of the Eververse and they said they were going to slap it into something aspirational that's where I thought they were going to put it they ended up putting it in the du- in the dungeon also a seasonal adept weapon that can only drop in Grandmaster Nightfalls would be another good thing to do it's one weapon you know you add it it's in there it's always dropping all season long to give those people something extra if it was really really good weapon i would actually consider going into content like this even though i don't like it very much exotics and shards should just really not depend on score i think those should just kind of become like a guaranteed drop because of what you're you know what you're doing you're going up the tier of nightfall and i think that would be a better treatment as well so by and large i think from a design perspective it lands poorly it's 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 illogical within the structure of the game itself and it doesn't deliver 
loot worthy of what you're being asked to do. So even if I played it and liked it the way that I've played and liked the dungeon, I would still make these criticisms. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, maybe you found this on uh, you know, Google Play or Spotify, you can always catch me at saynotorage.com or support me uh, on sntrpresents.com, the Patreon, or the join button on YouTube. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my Grandmaster Nightfalls review. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, maybe you're on Spotify or Google Play, you can catch me live at saynotorage.com and you can support me by clicking the join button on YouTube or going to sntrpresents.com. That takes you to the Patreon. All the tiers are the same and have the same benefits and perks. And thank you to everybody who has been supporting in that way. Um, and we will always follow Q&A with those VIP call-ins for those of you that want to do that make sure you're here and ready for that that'll happen when we're done with Q&A Q&A's been running about an hour this one might be a little bit shorter and that's fine Grandmaster Nightfalls this is Avenger here uh, Grandmaster Nightfalls have always been a big point of contention when its rewards are talked about how can the reward system be more unique and give great gear without absorbing too much bandwidth from other aspects of the game I mean, I don't think you're going to pull away from the rest of the game if you add good rewards to Grandmaster, and especially considering I don't think Grandmaster's pulled much bandwidth at all. It's just a bunch of modifiers in a delta. They're not reworking the fights. They're not reworking mechanics or the rooms, which is why some Grandmaster Nightfalls are infuriating and others others can be glided through with within this because um, not all strikes are equal. You know, Some strikes make you stand in a room and satisfy a mechanic and you got like 10 feet to run around and other other strikes you can literally run past 90% of the enemies with no mechanic stops or checks or or pause points Um, and so I would say the rewards themselves and I I talked about this in the video I think you do something seasonal because you you have you know five Grandmaster Nightfalls and then when the sixth one hits you can rerun all of them and you, you know, you change it every season. I would think that a great way to do it would be a seasonal Grandmaster uh, armor set. And I would make it ornamental. I don't, I don't know if I would want people having to grind for really good rolls. Now, if they change the setup of Grandmaster so it wasn't so punishing and so frustrating, because if you're like, man, I really want a good pair of boots, but it's the worst nightfall out of the bunch, and I don't want to grind for those stats, right? Again, this is the problem with the one-size-fits-all blanket approach they're taking. If if you're going to do this suggestion, yeah, do an armor set. That's dope. And you're like, oh, make them high stats so people can grind for high stats. And it's a really unique armor set. It looks dope. And it's, this is the only place to get it, right? So it's kind of a double whammy. You're giving people a, a, an opportunity to peacock with unique uh, armor. And you're giving them a high stat roll armor grind. Okay? That's all great. So if you do that, the dilemma right now is the one-size-fits-all blanket approach makes one nightfall a nightmare and another nightfall a breeze, which would make grinding for the armor extremely frustrating. Man, I got a god roll on my chest in, in helmet and arms, but this nightfall for the boots is an absolute train wreck of a disaster. I don't want to grind it. This is where they would need to do more specific updates and tweaks and changes to each individual nightfall, or tone it down and go more toward what I've been saying which is positive modifiers that encourage builds the use of seasonal mods 
and then less negative modifiers so you end up saying wow these enemies are really strong I really gotta pay attention this is tough content but I'm really strong too we don't get to say that second part at all when you go into content like this like oh I'm really strong no you're not um, your, your tissue paper um, and so th- I, that's what I would do I would do a seasonal a seasonal set of armor and maybe even a seasonal grandmaster weapon you know, hey man, this this auto rifle is nuts. It's got a really really great perk on it. It's quote unquote pinnacle or adept or standout, whatever term we want to use, and it's it's dropping the whole season in the nightfall. So while you're working on getting the full armor set and working on getting the title or whatever else is attached to doing all of the nightfalls, you're also having opportunities for this gun to drop. I think an armor set and a gun every season is, I think, a very mo- uh, modest and fair request for uh for this this level of content there if not if not i don't think this content ever evolves into something more than what it is now which it feels like a half-baked test it doesn't feel like a piece of well-rounded content and i believe that the loot is a part of that i believe loot is a part of this problem it's it's why we've critiqued raids for so long if it's why we've i've critiqued the dungeon you know the dungeons both dungeons, the one in Shadowkeep and the most recent one, the Prophecy Dungeon, Pit of Heresy and Prophecy are great, and they're a good time, and the loot is stupid. <laughs> you know? Low stat roll, masterworked armor. Awesome, thanks for the shards. Like, And then the loot in, in the... Uh, the only good thing about the loot in Prophecy is high stat rolls on the armor. Everything else about the loot's kind of silly. It's all reissues. Um, which makes it feel really odd. It's not like they brought back Escalation Protocol. It's not like they brought back Vault of Glass and reissued weapons from those places. They reissued weapons that, in in many respects, that it's a brand new dungeon and nothing new, nothing new in it. The Dido armor is new, sure, but it just it, it's. It's, to me, one of the biggest problems right now with Destiny that is supposed to get rectified in year four is a a clear hierarchy of loot is just not there. There's a clear hierarchy of content. There's a big, big, giant difference between Grandmaster and there's a big, giant difference between running a dungeon and a raid and running like strikes or pub events. But the loot hierarchy just doesn't make it. There's nothing there. It It doesn't line up. So... That's where I would go for Grandmasters. A seasonal, a seasonal armor set and a seasonal gun, uh, I think is a is a fair it's a fair request. And honestly, since it's PVE, you could do um, you could really really borrow from whatever the Vanguard set looks like and really make this set just crazy awesome better. So somebody's like, oh, that's the Vanguard set with the Vanguard kind of decals and you can kind of tell. But man, oh man, is it different. It's got more ornamentation. It's cooler. It's animated. It's, you know, whatever. Think, you know, Age of Triumph. You know, especially if it's an ornamental set. Um, so I would want it to be an ornamental set if the uh, if they don't change the structure. If it's still 12 negative modifiers and a crazy delta, then I would just make it an ornamental set so you get it and you're done with that week and you don't have to go back. So your title and your triumph have a visible testimony in a full armor set um i would rather them change it improve the content make it better make it not so lopsided not such a blunt instrument and then in addition to that make it something where 
you know, I'm grinding for high stat rolls on the armor as well. Because that that you're 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 achieving a lot there. You're making the end game, I think, better and more dynamic and more substantive. And you're giving the the hardcore players another opportunity to grind for high stat roll armor, which I think is is important for end game uh, end game end game loot cycles. You know, end game uh, content loops. Hitman with the next question. To me, plain and simple, Grandmaster Nightfalls are not fun. Throwing everything at you, including the kitchen sink, isn't fun at all. Plus, the rewards aren't close to being worth it. How would you change it? So, one of the disadvantages of submitting questions early is if you don't go specific for me, it's, it's, it's hard for me to not just repeat myself, but I'm going to try and answer this in a different way. The idea that, you know, you're saying, oh, it's not fun, that, you know, they're throwing everything at you, uh, but the kitchen sink. Um... That I that I think is 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 like a it's a legitimate um is a legitimate frustration. But this goes down the lane of subjective experiential criticism, which I think is less concrete. Because other people might be like, no, we need content where they throw everything at the kitchen sink, you know, everything uh and the kitchen sink at us, and it's really, really hard and we die really, really fast, okay? Um I think that's where you get into like a subjective discussion, which that's more difficult to have like a concrete um, argument and, and, and back and forth. So I zoomed out on it in my video and said, let's look at this from a design perspective and where this lands in the game and how all this lands on content that was designed three and four years ago, right? Um, I think that they need to look at where this lands in the spectrum of it's harder than a raid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's harder than a raid and it's harder than a dungeon. And I think that's 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 one aspect of what I would change. Is I want a clear philosophy and communication and vision transfer from Bungie. What is your desire and what's your vision? Where do you imagine this is landing? It doesn't it's like why why is this why is this landing in this way? And so I would start there. And then the second thing I would do is I would ask the question, are there opportunities for strike reworks or adjustments or mechanical changes or ad saturation changes or something to make it not feel so sloppy so that one Grandmaster Nightfall is the the, the most frustrating content in existence and another is like, yeah, just run past everything. I would I would start there. I would zoom all the way out. First of all, let's establish where this is supposed to land. Second, establish better design philosophy about like what how should this content look when you're running it, so that there's more of a there's more of a an equal distribution of pain, so that one Grandmaster Nightfall is not so different than another. And then lastly, I would address the loot. What is Bungie's vision for how loot should be landing in content like this? Because right now. It, do, it doesn't make any sense. It's a currency grind and a triumph. Um, and to me, I think that's incredibly weak given what they're asking of the player. Which is par for the course for the end game, right? Like, this is part of a bigger discussion. If we zoom out another, another, another layer of zoom out and look at the whole end game, end game loot incentivization has been bad for a really long time. So year four is their opportunity to fix that and to address that. If they don't address it properly, and there's not a clear distinctive difference between raid gear, trials, flawless gear, grandmaster gear, if they decide to do it, dungeon gear, if there is not a clear difference, you're going to have a lot of angry people. 
people that were both pro and anti-sunsetting will be angry. I was pro-sunsetting, and I'll be ticked. i be like, this is not what you guys promised. People that were anti-sunsetting will be especially angry because they'll be like, I told you they were going to do this. Hardcore players that don't have an opinion at all will be angry because they've been waiting for better loot to show up in the endgame. So, it needs to be addressed. Robert Jones, you need to be at least a tier one supporter uh, to submit questions on YouTube. If you're a Patreon supporter, you do it in the Discord. Barrett Oblivion. With no meaningful changes to Grandmaster Nightfalls besides adding frustration, especially instant kill instances, uh, should Bungie choose a small pool of strikes and work on Grandmaster specific changes for each? Yeah, I touched on this very briefly in the last question, going into each individual strike and making changes specific to the strike so that the ones where you can skip everything and go invis, they could be more creative and make you have to stop and actually fight so it's equal in challenge. And the ones that are absurd and having one kill, you know, one hit kill instances in rooms that are too small and too saturated, they could look at that as well. Um, you know, something we were talking about before Q&A that I think is really, really important in this discussion and I'm going to talk about it now because you brought up instant kill Uh, another design philosophy criticism I wish I would have made in the video and I didn't is that any game that has incredibly punishing damage and really fast time to kill for the player you can die really, really fast. So think of games like Sekiro and Dark Souls. Very punishing, high damage output from the enemy, okay? And the enemy has lots of health, so it's all about survivability, okay? The minute you're in a context where the damage is high and the time to kill, the time to kill for you as the player is very quick, you need to have mechanics and opportunities from the player's position to mitigate that damage so mitigating damage is like a big term and there's specific ways you can have people mitigating damage and these are absent from destiny and that is why really really high damage environments where you die extremely fast doesn't function properly in destiny okay so here's mitigate damage let's go down into specific examples of how you can mitigate damage you can block you can parry you can dodge Okay, We can't do any of that in Destiny. Hunter has dodge, sure, but that's not an intrinsic ability you can do all the time like you can in a game like Sekiro. It's got a refresh on it. Nine seconds is the fastest. That doesn't really line up with how fast attacks can come. We cannot parry anything, and blocking is something that's only unique to swords, so that doesn't count. It's not intrinsic to the player's abilities. Well, you can put up walls or barricades. You can run, you know, damage reduction mods and perks. Again, if you go into content where if you get hit twice, you're dead, or if you get hit once, you're dead, and you do not empower the player to mitigate the damage, I think that is cheap content. It's bad. We would call that, we would probably say that trends on being false difficulty. Because all that ends up happening, and this is what we do in Destiny, is you evade the damage or you try to face tank the damage. Alright? So, face tanking the damage would be Well of Radiance or a bubble, or you try to evade the damage. Sit back, take really, really odd or unnatural routes, or go invis. This is exactly 
why this type of content I don't need to go experience it and say oh it's fun it's not fun I liked it I didn't like it that is experiential that is subjective to the player I'm t- I'm zoomed out I'm not playing the content I'm saying from a design perspective when a game doesn't empower you to mitigate damage I feel that is a cheap form of difficulty you, you let, you're playing Sekiro and it's like if this guy hits you twice he does this double sword swing if he hits you twice with it you're dead it's devastating okay cool oh there's no audio cue there's no visual cue it cannot be blocked it cannot be parried it cannot be dodged oh what so it comes down you would play you would then be playing Sekiro in a really stupid way. You'd have to constantly sit back and evade, stay away, randomly dodge, hoping you time it right to get out of the reach of the attack or something. You're breaking the rules of the game at that point. Sekiro has rules. It's punishing, it's brutal, but it's fair because you can mitigate the damage with proper execution of parry, dodge, or block. Okay? In Destiny, that's the problem. They're going in and saying, here's these attacks from boomer knights or ogres or whatever, and it's really high damage, and there's not like a visual or sound cue, they're just doing it. Like, it's not that kind of game where, like, their eyes flash and you know it's coming. So, you have no way of, like, getting, like, a visual or audio cue. It's just, it's just almost, like a, almost like a faucet of attacks, usually. You're being funneled through hallways and doors, and then you're just kind of getting shot at. And you have no tools for damage mitigation other than a couple, which is mostly evade or tank. You know? And yeah, and some of the enemy's attacks are very, very spam, spam heavy. So it's, it's, again, it's, if we, I used to call it like, oh, we lack, you know, we lack this lateral agility. And what I mean by lateral agility is, oh no, there's something coming. You can't go to the left or the right very quickly unless you're a hunter. And even still, like, again, that's an ability. That's not something you can just do. Your movement choices in this game are walk, sprint, jump, with varying degrees of jump. If they added other movement options, which were dodge to the left or the right, like if you tapped A into the left or tapped A into the right, if we could kind of like, you know, bob and weave a little bit, that would help. And then being able to parry or dodge ability, I'm sorry, doing being able to uh, uh, parry or, or block would be another way to empower the player um, to mitigate uh, damage so and again y- you could you can say all you want I think it's fun I think it's great to have really punishing content where we can die really fast uh, that's fine I don't disagree with that but if you're not empowering the player to mitigate damage and really really fast time to kill you're cheating the player and then the player plays in a very unnatural way and you're sort of playing another game of destiny you're not playing this is really hard destiny you're playing some other amalgamation of the game i've been watching lep try to solo flawless the grandmaster nightfall is so triggering he spends so much time killing the first few enemies and then dies to something super cheesy it's like the saber strike i referenced that in my video when the saber strike had arc burn and specialist you would get shot from the ship it was like you couldn't block it there was nothing you could do like the vandal had an angle on you like you couldn't get away from it sometimes they also need ability cooldowns yeah i mean enemies that can teleport indefinitely and cover ground without taking any damage because they're just like teleport 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 spamming that taken ball spamming boomer shots like they have no cooldown they have no reload and that's another problem as well it's 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 a little tilting a little triggering in a strike or something or in gambit but it's like you're in a you're in an environment like that you need to have ability cooldowns and reload you know 
if we have ability cooldowns, they need ability cooldowns. <laughs> PN Raynard. Do you feel the same as me that too much bandwidth has been used to make Grandmaster Nightfalls? If people wanted a hard mode, they can just use the Nightfall card. Um I I don't I don't think enough bandwidth was used. <laughs> you know? If you want to get my thumbnails as wallpapers, Joker, go to Bungie's website and scroll down to their press kits. It's just press kit pictures that they give for people to use in articles and, and videos and stuff. All high-res images. You just go to Bungie's website, scroll all the way to the bottom, and click on press kits. They're all in different folders on Dropbox. Um, so yeah, I don't think enough bandwidth was used. <laughs> it's it's I, I just feel so late. I, I never want to say a developer is lazy. They're not lazy. They work hard. I'm sure they're putting in crazy hours. I'm sure working from home is nuts. But it just it's a punt. It's like, oh, let's let's just add mod- modifiers and raise the delta. There's no thought there. How do you make this boss fight harder? Um, you got one guy in the room saying, "We could add this mechanic, we could add this thing, do this. They got to do this, blah blah blah." And the other guy's like, "We could add a couple zeros to the boss's health, so it takes a lot longer to kill him." Okay, saying, describing that as a lazy solution is not saying that the person or the developer is lazy. You're saying, well, that's a lazy solution. There's no thought behind it. And so the, I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that they've, they've decided to put hard content in the game and harder content for the end game folks, but it just feels like a, a lazy uh, approach to difficulty, you know? You're just, you're just, you're literally just adding zeros to their health bars and their damage output. It just, it doesn't, and not just through a Delta, but through other ways as well. You know what I mean? I think the difficulty is fine. If you don't like Grandmasters, then they weren't made for you. It's like someone who doesn't play PvP complained about uh, going flawless in Trials. No, it's not. I am a PvE player, and I've grinded the dungeon, and I've grinded raids. I like endgame content in Destiny. I've argued for hard mode in raids and hard mode in dungeons, so I actually enjoy challenging content. From a game design standpoint, I feel that Grandmasters are bad. They're poorly designed, poorly executed, and the loot stinks. So, I, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that me not playing it or saying like, oh, you know, you don't like that kind of challenge. No, that's, no. <laughs> You're attacking me and not my argument, so I'm going to move on. I don't like doing that. When somebody starts attacking me and saying, you as the player don't like it, you as the player haven't played it, nope. Attack my argument from a design perspective or I'm not going to engage with you. LL Brood. There's a ton of times that my teammates and I have died to something stupid and that's out of our ability to do something about it. Would there ever be a solution to this problem in Grandmaster Nightfalls? Um... I think, again, I think the issue is, and we touched on this a little bit ago, increasing pain damage and and making time to kill very, very quickly and not empowering, um, and not empowering the player to mitigate the damage, I believe is it is cheap. Um, and so as you're saying, there's nothing you can do about it. I call that unmitigatable damage or automatic damage. So if you if 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 you go into any game that does that, I think it's fair to say, now hang on a minute. What's the point 
and giving me health and dodge and jump and all these things, but then the enemy has an attack that hurts me automatically. Have you ever played a boss like that in games? It's infuriating. It's infuriating. You go into the you go into the, you go into the room and you're dodging and you're you're blocking and you're jumping and all of a sudden the boss goes to the corner and he makes an explosion happen and you automatically take damage. It's there's no way to dodge it. Like there are games that do this. I think that that is stupid. Now someone might say, "Oh, that's part of the challenge. They're they're nerfing your health. They're taking some of your health away. They're giving you they're putting you on death's doorstep, right?" I just think cheating the player or or breaking the fundamental rules of a game is not proper game design. It isn't. It isn't. There's no reason to give me a health bar. There's no reason to do any of those things if you're not if you're not going to empower me to mitigate it. I don't know. It's like it's like getting in a boxing ring and being like, "All right, let's have a boxing match." You're like, "Okay, cool. How are we going to do this? We're going to tie uh, one hand behind your back." And then the guy can't block any of your punches from the right. People will be like, why are you doing that? That's not fair. I'm like, well, you wanted the challenge, didn't you? Didn't you want to have a hard, didn't you want to have a hard boxing match? A hard boxing? Yeah, but not in a way where you're literally taking my ability away to block a punch. You're breaking the rules of boxing, basically. So that that's just how i look at it it's it's not about it being too hard or too challenging or not fun i'm not making an experiential critique i'm saying as a design a design decision a philosophy of game design i believe they're breaking fundamental rules of game design games that do that give you some sort of a heads up they usually give you a way to heal it off as well I mean, that is true, Brandon, that like sometimes they're like, oh, but you have the ability to heal. You have to find breaths and breaks in the fight to heal. So that's kind of a a health bar tug of war. Okay, there's a fight within the fight. I'll grant you that. But in general, non-mitigatable damage or automatic damage, I'm I'm I don't know. I have a fundamental disagreement with it. I don't think it's I don't think it's the proper way to create challenging content. Like, challenging content should be something I should be able to dissect, plan, and overcome, not dodge or avoid it. I'm sorry, not evade it or tank it because I can't do anything about it. Like, that to me is like, that's not a, there's no depth there. There's no true, genuine challenge. Sitting back with Izanagi's in a well or a bubble and slowly walking through content is not even an expression of skill. It's just, it's patience. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's figuring out aggro patterns and like, now I guess you could say there's the skill of of stratagem, like you're coming up with a strategy of if we stand here they can't hit us from that angle and the aggro from these guys over here, they won't come after us yet like, sure, it's like this weird game of like, it's almost like RTS, right real time strategy, where like, you're like zooming out above and looking down on the battlefield and like, XCOMing your way through a nightfall standing here, blocking here, hiding here you know what I mean, figuring out the exact right places to stand so you don't get blown up by one 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 shot from a tank or an ogre or something so i i will i'll concede that there is some strategy there is some skill but by and large it doesn't it doesn't i just don't think it, it lands as as robust full fully orbed content imagine if they did this in a raid would you think that's fine well raids are supposed to be tough like going to this fight and the boss just does damage to you and you can't stop it 
and uh, the abs are really strong, and you can't do anything about it, and you're just you're weak. Yeah, it's there. You go. Here's a raid. You'd be like, where's all the the style? Where's the nuance? Where's the depth? It's just a blunt instrument hitting me in the face. That's 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 my critique of it. I, I that's I'm gonna keep coming back to that. Like I think they could do so much more with it. I think it falls incredibly short and defending it. I don't defending it because you like it. I don't think is the right conversation. You like it. Great. Ask more, ask for more from Bungie, better reward structure, better layers of actual difficulty, more dynamics. Like, come on, like be more thoughtful about it. Don't make every single thing the exact same. So one, one grandmaster is completely different than another. You should be asking for more. It just is such a punt. It's such a, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not well thought out. It's, it's just so it's so slapped together. As a hardcore endgame grinder, you deserve better. You deserve better loot, and you deserve better game design. I'm not saying make it easier either, by the way. I'm saying it should be better designed, more logical. Noggy. A lot of people want more mechanics in Grandmaster Nightfall rather than more modifiers. Do you think champions are Bungie's way of including more mechanics without needing to change the strike itself? In addition, do you think that's the right way to go about it? Like, if we're trying to get capital out of pre-existing assets and have good bandwidth distribution, then yes, I think champions are a great way to do this. Less negative modify, and I've said this before, if you gave us a whole lot more freedom with respect uh, to our, um, if you gave us more freedom with respect to champion mods, let me run two on a single gun and I can swap them by holding X. Let me run them on shotguns as well and snipers and let me run them on heavy so I can have a lot more champion mod freedom and a lot more champion mod distribution. Then you could put more champions in the game, right? I think champions are a great first start, but they haven't gone far enough with them. I think if you do that you could then dial back the negative modifiers and put more champions in the game. Champions are lazy? No, I don't think so. I think having different units in combat that have to be engaged with in a specific way, I actually think is good design. You could put in armored you know, champions. You got to shoot them with a sniper or a shotgun and knock their armor off and then you can do damage to them. It adds layers to the combat. Instead of just shoot everything, it's just damage trading. It's, no, do this thing to more efficiently kill these these enemies. It adds, again, it's adding layers to the combat. So it doesn't feel so one-dimensional. Run in the room, shoot everything, do the mechanic, go to the next room. Run in the room, shoot everything, do the mechanic, go to the next room. Like, I think champions... I think champions are I think they are a great way to add layers to combat that isn't just like yeah everything's really strong you know everything uh, everything is 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 insanely fast I that's that's always that's always gonna be where where I go with the champion uh, mod discussion is um is that it's adding layers layers to the combat so I know people don't like them I know you know so many chats says they feel like they're lazy or whatever um, you don't engage with them in a different way though it's you have this mod and this weapon archetype no well you can't kill him well Ashton you're see now you're you missed half of what I said though I said so this is this is a really important qualifier I said if you gave me a whole lot more freedom with champion mods I could run two on my primary one on my shotgun one on my sword I said, then you could put them in a lot of in a lot more places. 
I said, I feel like they haven't gone far enough with them. So I agree with what you just said in their current, like the way they currently land in the game. No, uh, uh, they're like, I agree with you. It's too limiting. I got to use this particular weapon. I can't put it in an exotic hundred percent agree with you. That's why I said, if you give me more freedom and I can have more of the champion mods equipped and I'm like, oh, coming up, I got an unstoppable guy. Got to hold down X, re- you know, switch the champion mod, boom, stun him. Oh, I got an anti-barrier. Got to switch to my shotgun or switch to this or reload that. You're, again, you're creating pain points in the game that I mitigate with my loadout and my decision making in combat. Like, that is, I think that is how you create layers to combat. Bungie cannot reinvent Destiny, by the way. They can't change the way that ads move and flow and fight. It's, it's the franchise is too well established. But they can add layers to combat that if properly engaged with, you're more efficient and you're doing things faster instead of just shoot the trash ads, you know, gut bust the major, do the mechanic, and then you know, here comes the boss. So that that's why I've been very, very pro, you know, champions and champion mods, like really expand on that system because they can't change every single aspect of the enemy movement and enemy fighting and aggro and intelligence. They can't do that. The game's too far established now. It's like, it's like when you go into Gears of War or Halo, you know, in general, you're getting the same type of combat. They're not going to completely change those games. And when they do, they got to be really, really smart about it or it'll feel like a different game. I did ignore that bit of what you said as I'm only looking at the systems we currently have. Yeah. And so, yeah, if I come down out of hypothetical, Ashen, I am, I'm going to be on your team every day and agree with you. Yep. It, the current version of champion sucks. What if I don't like those weapons? What if my current build is centered around another weapon type and I, I don't, I can't, what? And people bypass it. 90% of the time, champions are just getting bypassed by guillotine right now. Oh, what is that guy? Unstoppable? I don't know. And they just hit him with the guillotine and it's over. <laughs> you know? 15 negative modifiers, 100 champions, and no full-on proper options for champ mods. Yeah, it's not landed well at all. No, I said 90% of the time, Frosty. I'm not talking Grandmaster. In in 90% of this game where champions show up, that's what people do. They just they just ignore what champion type is. It's just guillotine or people were doing double Izanagi in Nightmare Hunts. In Grandmaster, sure, but that's a small slice of the game. That's why I said, you know, 90% of the time, people are just, you know, just bypassing it. Necro. The Nightfall ordeal difficulties remind me about the difference between heroic and legendary in Halo 1. Can you say that you've had more fun playing Grandmaster than Legend? Well, I've not played Grandmaster. Like, I, I, I'm not attacking this from an experiential uh, d- d- discussion, but I will say uh, I loved Legend because it was just a good rhythm. So I like rhythm. I like rhythm. Run it, get something. Run it, get something. Rhythmic, just do it over and over again. That's why I prefer Vex Offensive and Sundial over the Tower event or the Contact Public event. Where I'm just like, here, stand here and meat grind, and then it's over and a chest appears. I hate that. I want to have a, you know, linear point A to B content, get something at the end, start over. Point A to B content, get something at the end, start over. So I love the Legend Nightfall grind. Um, 
I liked Sundial uh, for similar reasons. I didn't like the way Sundial gave you your, your rewards. It was like ordering a, a value meal. You know, I didn't like that. So the idea that the idea that you you're you're like comparing it to like you know heroic and legendary in Halo One. Luke Smith had really really good insight into I forget which I think it was his first director's cut. He talked about how whenever they would have people play test Halo, they would have them play it on a very specific difficulty. And the reason they had them play that on that specific difficulty is it allowed enemies to live just long enough to complete uh, attack animations and feel like a genuine threat, so you felt good beating it. It wasn't brutal and busting your face, it, but it, but you also weren't just shredding everything and bam, 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 dead, bam, 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 dead. You know, everything's dying so fast. You don't even have any semblance of, like, what the enemies look like and how they move and uh, no sense of a threat. And again seeing enemies attack animations is important to the immersion of, you know, getting into the game and feeling like you're actually in an alien world and actually in combat. And so I do think there's room for that type of content in Destiny where enemies are alive a little bit longer, but this is where things get really, really broken in content like Grandmasters. Trash ads, we're just going to talk about the hierarchy of enemy, we're just going to talk about trash ads. They are in great quantity and they spam their attacks because they're weak and they do low damage. The minute you change the fact they're not weak anymore and they're not doing low damage, their design as an enemy breaks down because they're still in high quantity and their attacks are still spammy. Don't you see? It this this exists in weapon design. If you go and play Fortnite, remember back in the days where it was a debate between the tack shotgun and the pump, okay? Yeah, the tack shotgun and the pump. The tack shotgun could shoot really, really fast, so therefore its damage and its lethality and its crit multiplier was lower. And the pump shot slower. Thoom, you know, thoom. And because it shot shot slower, its damage, lethality, and crit multiplier went up it's logical enemies are just like weapons the faster they shoot and the more of them that there are the lower damage they do and the lower health that they have it's why a knight and a minotaur move slow and boom 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 instead of bam 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 right and there's also not eight of them running at you or you know in, in front of you so you're taking the fundamental design elements of an enemy and you're breaking its rules and being like yeah well that's just it that makes it hard no it doesn't you're you are breaking the design fundamentals of destiny if now if you now let's not hang with me if you want to do this you would have to do individual strike adjustments which has come up twice already in q a you got to have less enemies in saturation you, you can't have that many Thrall or Acolytes or Dregs or Vandals. Why? Because they take too long to kill and they're doing too much damage. They're not weak anymore and they're strong. Right? If there were less of them, then it wouldn't matter. You'd have to hit your shots, be intelligent about timing. You'd be, you'd be more of a tactician and you'd be smart. But it wouldn't be like, this is stupid, man. I, te- I peek for three seconds and they're all shooting me and I die. Right? Now, I might be being a little bit hyperbolic, but you understand the point is, is that if you suddenly give somebody a weapon like an SMG that shoots really, really fast and its damage output is suddenly that of a sniper rifle, that breaks the game. Do you remember when people were doing that? 
they're probably still doing it in PvP. You saw the footage, right, of a sniper rifle going bam, 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 bam. It was like fully automatic, like a, like a, almost. It sounded like a machine gun, right? Well, that that's broken. Why? Because that's a weapon with really, really high damage threshold, but it's shooting like a low damage weapon. It you're 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 breaking the rules. It's 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 illogical. I feel like that goes against the design of Grandmasters too much. It's supposed to be brutal, and it is. But, but, that's just a platitude. There's a giant difference between one Grandmaster and another. Why? Because these environments were not designed for this level of damage output. So some rooms are a breeze, and you've got plenty of room to sit back and pick your way through it, or, or evade it, or go around it. And other Nightfalls, you can't do that. So some Grandmaster Nightfalls, you would say, are five skulls, brutal, awful, and then others are like a one or a two skull. So it doesn't even line up. It doesn't even make any sense. There's no harmony between them because they're not going in and individually tweaking them. Moving forward, Bungie should design strikes with Grandmaster version in mind and then dial them back and each level for Nightfall, basically what they did for Kingsfall. That's exactly right. Design philosophy for difficulty was at its best when they did that. They designed the absolute hardest thing first, and then they dialed it back for normal. That created a harmony between the normal King's Fall and hard King's Fall. It, it felt like, it felt right. You know, Wrath of the Machine felt kind of similar. And th- these strikes are, are not... Yeah, let's 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 really break this down and talk about even another fundamental problem here. Okay, strikes are designed to be meat and potatoes content. They don't have they don't have the core fundamental elements, depth, and thought to be end game content because they're not end game content. It would be like making a public event suddenly the grandmaster difficulty be like this is awful why you're in an open space you have to stand in an exposed area you're getting shot from all angles why that's a public event it's not it's not designed to be a you know meat and potatoes this is why if you suddenly tried to make like an easy version of the raid it wouldn't work it wouldn't work why because it's fundamentally designed from the bottom to the top to be aspirational content. So even if you make the enemies really, really weak, and even if you make the mechanics super, super forgiving, it's still a raid at the end of the day. You still have to execute on mechanics. You still have to have good communication and intelligence. You couldn't drag it down and make a raid easy or public event level difficulty. It's not possible. You're dragging things out of their hemisphere, and I think that's what's ultimately causing things to go topsy-turvy. You're dragging a, a strike out of its hemisphere. It's not meant to be this. You know, light framework can't hold heavyweight. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's it's. That's probably another, you know, argument I would like to make about this. I just that just dawned on me is like, strikes when they were initially conceived of were never designed to be the most brutal, most crazy, most hard content in the game. No, you got dungeons and raids for that. This is backwards. It's like trying to make a lost sector the hardest content in the game. It wouldn't work. Lost sectors are incredibly small. You're right on top of the enemy. You got nowhere to go. It'd be awful. You'd play the game in such an unnatural, stupid way. Legendary Lost Sectors, though? Yeah, I mean, Legendary Lost Sectors, it was marginal with slight differences. And they let you spawn... Uh-uh. Oh! 
you just made a great point though and you don't even realize you made a great point what do they do to legendary lost sectors they added mechanics they made changes the enemies were different i could summon a robot i could grab a, i could grab a, a valkyrie you just made another point for me right that was better content they made adjustments they added mechanics they didn't just like yeah it's hard <laughs> here you go delta you're like what it's meant to be streamer content only meant for the most hardcore players it's not meant for everyone well I think that that's that's a, that's a terrible way to make content personally so yeah they empower the player yeah that is a great thread to the discussion that legendary lost sectors legendary lost sectors thanks mama they added difficulty and empowered the player at the same time that is oh that's such a that's such a right way to do it Man, this is nuts. There's so many enemies. Spawn a robot. Oh, this is crazy. This is so hard. Ah, just one or two champions. Sit back and pop them, you know? The real Kelia. Uh, the concept of Grandmaster Nightfalls uh, is good. The implement- implementation is horrible. The way that the difficulty is done isn't per strike. It's just blanket applied to all. What would you do to solve this issue? So, unfortunately, Kelia... We have, we've answered this question a couple of times already, so that's just going to happen, especially when we have a pretty narrow topic like this. So everything you're saying, I've, I've outlined very, very uh, in detail about how it's just a blanket. Um, it's just, it's, it's a one-size-fits-all. So I've already kind of answered how I would solve this. Darksider. When the 1080 was bugged, adds dealt damage like 750, but they tanked like a 1080 with the negative modifiers, it felt like a good balance between difficulty, uh, time, and reward. Could an approach with no delta but more negative modifiers be a good approach to Grandmasters? I, I, I don't know here. Um, kind of hard to predict. No, you're fine, Kelia. It's a good question, and I think, I think you phrased it very well. It's, just, it's, it's always tough in this environment to not have repeats. Um, yeah, I don't honestly know here, Darksider, because if you, so you're saying, okay, so the ads dealt damage like a 750, but they tanked. So, okay. So the reason that that probably felt good and felt right is part of the rhythm was still, was still good. The ads are in high saturation, but they're not melting you. They're doing moderate amount of damage, but they're harder to kill. Okay. Okay. It's like listening to a band and you got two percussion instruments and one of them is keeping the rhythm. And you're like, okay, you're like, something's off, but it's not that bad. If both of them are off rhythm, it sounds terrible, dissonant, and bad. So in this example that you're giving me, one aspect of combat rhythm is hitting right. It's hitting right. It's like, okay, I'm getting spammed by these trash ads and there's a lot of them, but they're not melting me. However, there's another aspect of the combat rhythm that's been changed. They're going to take a lot longer to die. So I'm going to have to be intelligent about team shotting with my teammates, calling out when an enemy is low, calling out when a major is finishable, things like that. We kind of did that when we did the Master Nightmare Hunt time trials, right? It was a lot of team synergy and communication that ordinarily you don't really do in Destiny. So, more than likely, that's why it felt better. Now, the question you're asking is, would this be a better approach? As long as you fix some aspect of the hierarchy rhythm that's getting broken, I would be okay with that. So, what you're saying is, increase the pain, it's tough, a lot of negative modifiers, man, you've really got to choose your shots and play smart, but, you know, 
two acolytes team shotting you isn't going to melt you into oblivion the the damage delivery rhythm isn't completely busted that'd be a great place to start Bungie could say alright listen the attack patterns and the enemy saturation is not in line with the damage output so what we're going to do is is we're going to not give enemies the damage buff but we're going to give them the health buff and see how that goes I, you know I could see them I could see them going that route and then the content would still be tough brutal punishing slow but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a cakewalk and it also would probably here's one of the reasons this is this is this would be a good solution this keeps it from being a dice roll one grand masters of like a world of different from another why room size choke point available cover enemy saturation is different in all of the rate i'm sorry in all of the strikes well this solves that problem your survivability isn't suddenly under threat and just incredibly diminished because room size is different in this strike <laughs> you know it would make both the players and ads feel power uh, powerful. We feel powerful as we can team shot and survive uh, the fewer powerful um, and they feel powerful because they don't die in one shot to the head. Right. Again, you're 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 fixing one aspect of the rhythm. It, it, it's so out of rhythm and out of sync. You're fixing one aspect of it, which might um, which might help, I think. Uh, Hail Hail Lord says I know this is a bit off topic, but I'm always falling behind with my power bonus. I grind out the game quite a bit, but I think that I don't, uh, but since I don't do so many bounties, I fall behind. What's your opinion on the seasonal power bonus? I think it should be capped and only be a plus 10 and they're going to fix the XP distribution in year four. So as long as you're playing and running activities, you should get a better and more, um, a more reasonable and more fair XP payout, even if you're not constantly slamming bounties. Um, I mean, I took like a two week break from the game and I'm a plus 14 because I just, I slam bounties all the time. Um, so that's supposed to be fixed in year four and be more and have more of a harmony and not feel so, uh, so lopsided. So as long as you're, you know, you're grinding PVP or strikes, you should be getting, um, a fair amount of XP. So you don't feel like you always having to go grab a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, um, um, bounties. Mac 88. What can Bungie offer besides currencies? Uh, and increased drop rates. Could resetting pinnacles work? Uh, since Grandmaster releases weeks after season launch, use the mentality they use for raids being vaulted. If you complete Grandmaster, all raid drops are reset. Um, I already outlined what I think they should do with the loot. They should do seasonal Grandmaster loot, a full armor set in one gun. Um, and I think that would be sufficient. Outside of that, I don't think you want to swing too much at this because it's... It's it's Grandmaster Nightfalls. It's not it's not new content. It's not a dungeon. It's not a raid. It's it's not a new uh, seasonal activity. So I think what I've asked for is is reasonable and um, and sort of in line with the it's you get you would get high stat roll armor. You could peacock. It would look cool. It'd be unique. It'd be the only place to get it. Um, and then the. Uh, and then you'd have like the as well like the one gun a good a good adept best in class weapon um because they're going to do the pursuit weapons that can be you know pursued in both pve and pvp um i think you need to put one of those in grandmaster every season um 
I threw a second question in before I remember we could only submit one. Did it let you submit two? It's not supposed to do that. Um, uh, TK Lotus says, What are your thoughts on leaning into the traditional RPG roles in Destiny? Grandmaster Nightfalls might be more enjoyable and engaging if tank healer damage roles were better fleshed out. This sort of touches on another video where, um, you know, exotic primaries don't feel very strong and I said that you could make exotic primaries get a buff in delta content so then you would suddenly have somebody running a Soros or a sweet business or something and it would be really really freaking strong and you'd be able to kind of melt the trash ads kind of tilt back the balance of power right like, yeah we can kill these guys a lot faster now but you wouldn't want everybody running an exotic primary You'd want one person essentially doing that. And then he like stepping in and out of bubbles or wells or something for the buff. And then they get the buff on top of the buff to the exotic primaries. I called it exotic small arms, basically. So if, um, if you did that, you could get closer to this where you would have roles. You could have a guy basically on trash ad duty. He's running an exotic primary. He's running his Suros or Amida or something. Okay. And then the other guy's running support. Maybe he's running divinity. Uh, maybe he's running, you know, a support subclass. And then the last guy's running like xenophage, and he's the tank, or he's not the tank. I'm sorry, he's like the DPS. The, outside of what I just outlined, I don't think there's a lot of room in Destiny to be like, oh, we need a tank, we need a healer, we need this, we need that. Because um, if you listen, if you take the the tank role in destiny I, I don't know how you would implement that you just you because like we're not our our size and our movement and everything you're gonna have one character that can just take a ton of damage so he becomes the aggro draw i feel like the i feel like the problem with destiny's enemies is they're kind of stupid and they're kind of predictable and the minute you create a tank or somebody who can just draw aggro and survive it would make con- it would make it really really hard for Bungie to make content challenging. Um, we already have healer. Everybody can kind of run DPS, so I don't know. I- As I said, I think the closest we could get to this is role assignments with respect to somebody's basically running, you know running trash ad duty somebody's running support and then another person's running dps that's about it um if you start i don't think the depth of the enemies and the depth of the combat is there to support this it's why when they were like armor 2.0 and stats and all these build crafting and i was like there's nothing in the game that even really demands us to get that that specific into our builds and i don't even think grandmaster does that Grandmaster does not turn you into a scientist, tactician, build crafter. It's, we got to stay alive and do lots of damage. And it's such a, it's such, there's only a handful of things you're really going to do to push that. So, you can do that through Warmind Cells. One generates them, one explodes them, and one can be utility like picking up and throwing them. I mean, yeah, kind, kind of. But since anybody can I guess you'd have to run the mods to pick them up yeah 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 you can kind of do that with warmind cells but again even if the potential's there to give us the ability to play that way does the game ever ask us 
to do that. The strikes are so old. Like you'd have to literally make brand new content, new AI and stru- like structure and movement and attack patterns and aggro and new mechanics and everything else. You go into most of content now and everybody can kind of do the same thing and you're, you're all kind of doing the same thing anyway because of the way that the rooms are built and what you're being asked to do. You know? Dracus. I play daily and do most of the pinnacle content, but I'm still below 1070, so I can't try Grandmaster Nightfall. How do you interpret my situation to the Grandmaster entry threshold? Sorry if too vague. I didn't touch on this. Um, That's why they're removing 80% of the game in Beyond Light. I mean, Darksider, you could be right. Maybe that's why the Shanks are moving in a more fluid way. They're removing a bunch of the game, and they're fundamentally changing the way that combat flows and the enemies move, and those would be engine-level updates and changes. Maybe they're going to do that, and then maybe that gives lots of room for you to have really crazy builds and lots of specificity, and you're a tank, and I'm a healer, and this guy's support, and the combat really demands that of us. You know, I, I don't know, maybe... Maybe. I don't know. I don't think they're ever going to make that fundamental of a change of the game. It's still Destiny, you know? I appreciate you saying that, just another guy. Here's what I would do to Grandmasters, alright? I don't don't think... (laughs) I don't think this is necessary, okay? I would just say, (laughs) all you have to do, okay, is... is... is duplicate Master and throw on Contest Modifier. So like, yeah, you're who care it doesn't matter what your level is. Oh, you're strong enough to do this 1080? You know, you what you're 1060, you're 1070. Okay, cool. You come up here, it's still 1080, but contest is on, which means it doesn't matter if you're under or over leveled. Well, under leveled you would be you would you, it would it would hurt you more, but if you're over leveled it wouldn't matter. I don't know. I don't think they need to make it this insanely out of reach because then I would only be okay with it staying this way if leveling wasn't so freaking bad. Uh, pinnacle level grind is terrible. The traditional leveling with gear and RNG is, is still bad and, and needs to be redesigned. Regular leveling to cap needs to be linear and the pinnacle grind needs smart RNG. Like, it, it, this right here is a problem mainly because of how we level. Not so much that you can't have something that requires you to level up really high. It's that leveling sucks, so you can't do it and your buddy can. Why? Well, he has better RNG than you. So, in theory, yes, but Destiny 3 could be a completely different game to D1 and D2, and it would be still Destiny. If the theory that we're getting content made for D3 in the future expansions, we could see a massive change by turning D2 into D3. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I mean, there could certainly be room for fundamental combat changes because they were building systems and coming up with ways to do that for D3 and it got shoved into D2, which would explain why they got to remove so much of the content, right? Think of it this way, to add more credence to the engine, engine update or engine change argument. All right. Let's imagine I'm I'm holding in my hand a shoebox and that shoebox represents the core, you know, sandbox playground world of Destiny 3, okay? And it was being built. And it was being built in sort of a new either updated or better engine. So here's this shoebox, right? And then suddenly you decide, no 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 no, we're not going to do Destiny 3, let's do Destiny 2. There would be an automatic, okay, so we have to get Destiny 2 in this shoebox. Well, you're going to have to remove a lot of Destiny 2 to do that and probably make changes to the stuff that stays behind to get it in here. So they were building 
likely the foundation of D3 and then made this decision, which means this here, this shoebox is where we're going. It's what we're going to be playing in November, which means they had to bring stuff over. That is why you would cut 80% of the game. Because you're like, cut that all. We don't. It's going to take too long. The core elements of, of Beyond Light is going to be what was probably the foundation for D3. Which would give credence to the idea that it's either a new engine or a significant engine update. You know, and that's why the Cosmodrome's in there and Vogue's coming back. Because we're they're they're building in they're building in and you know in a new shoebox. Brendan Jean Baptiste says, There's nothing worse than an enemy refusing to stop shooting my dead teammates' ghosts, preventing me from resurrecting them. Should enemy AI be turned down a bit in that aspect? Yeah, I th- this I th- I've I completely forgot about this element, but they need to fix that. I, I agree. Um, it you know, you go invis and want to go rescue your buddy, and eighteen enemies are shooting at his ghost. Like, what is happening? Um, they've just got to. There's got to be a way for them to go in and and say that a ghost shouldn't draw aggro. <laughs> you know, a ghost just shouldn't draw aggro. Um, because you know, a lot of the times it just feels it. It's not even about like it, oh, we'll take the enemies out and then get the res. It just looks stupid. Like, it, you know, the, the guy's dead and they're shooting at nothing. It, you know, it's it's dumb. And it, I, I'd, I'd love to see them address it. I don't think this is like a, a front burner issue, well, you know, with respect to the, the design of content. But I would like to see this addressed at some point. Because I've, I've been in situations before and I'm like, man, I was like, this is so dumb. Like, this, 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 guy, this guy just continuing to shoot at basically nothing. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I would like to see. It's for lore reasons, so they're shooting at the ghost for lore reasons. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Can't call it AI when it does that. <laughs> yeah, it's not artificial intelligence. It's artificial dumbness. Hey-o! Uh Anyway, so if uh, we're gonna we're gonna transition to the VIP call-in session, I'm gonna you know eat a little lunch though, and we can keep talking. Uh, if you want to take advantage of being a VIP or just submitting questions in general, and you're listening to this elsewhere, either click the join button on YouTube or go to sntrpresents.com. That takes you to my Patreon. Thank you to everybody who's been supporting. You can also engage with this content on various platforms. It hits Spotify. It hits Google Play, iTunes, and I also upload these as breakouts to YouTube when uh, once the live stream is over. So I really appreciate all the support lately. As always, if you're listening to or watching this content in all those other places, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a VIP call-in session that followed my talk and Q&A about Grandmaster Nightfall reviews. If you want to take part in these VIP call-ins, use saynotorage.com. That'll bring you to the YouTube channel. You can click join and pick that tier. If you prefer Patreon, you can go to sntrpresents.com and use the Patreon and be a VIP for these call-ins or the VIP fight nights that are coming up. So let's jump right in. I'm going to shake things up this time, though, and I'm going to let Wallbanger go first. First time caller, uh, instead of always starting with Darksider alphabetical. So, Wallbanger, uh, what do you got for me today? Oh, no. Love the show. Um, I just wanted to... I had a few points throughout. Uh, you said at the beginning of it, you wished that they really uh, put more effort into Grandmaster Nightfalls. Mm-hmm. 
and um, I I grinded to get to him last season, and it just killed my joy for him. It was just not fun at all. Yeah. Um, I I don't see why they put that effort towards Nightfalls. It seemed like they had a clear hierarchy for content before going from strikes to nightfalls to dungeons and then the raids. Mm-hmm. I don't see why they didn't put that effort somewhere like dungeons. Maybe make a hard mode where like you can have more mechanics to go through, more steps to get through each each levels. I just don't I don't know. I just didn't see it there. I, I don't see why they uh decided to put that in there like that. Or I just I don't know how to say it, I guess the higher they just didn't choose the right form of difficulty. Well, this is like when we have the conversation about the vendors and people are like, oh, bring back factions or do something with the Drifter. And I'm like, hold on now. You know, Zavala and Shax are are owed their due for a vendor update, right? And I tend to agree with you. It's like, as far as endgame grind and endgame content, raids have, have been kind of uh, in, in Destiny 2 as far as no hard mode. Loot's not been that great. Dungeons are good, but again, no hard mode. Um, and they're fun, but those as you said it felt like there was a normal and sensible hierarchy it was like daily you had your story story missions you had strikes nightfalls and then raids and dungeons and now grandmasters is just kind of in here as this weird harder than a raid somehow you know and and it some really are not is. and well, and some are not right some of some of the ones people were running in you know 7 or 8 minutes by skipping everything so they're not even equal in difficulty it does feel really out of order i think they did this in year three because year three is a lot about experimentation and survival and I, I feel like they um, they did this to experiment and learn and hopefully we see a better version in year four that is informed by everything they kind of gathered from this year. It It's like a beta, honestly. They I feel like this is totally thrown in. That This is not something that was planned. Um, I can it, see that. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like this was on the docket. It was like, hey, let's try something with this, and and let's do it in year three because year three is kind of a just a a free for all. It's kind of all over the place. Another point I wanted to make is so they went with nightfalls and stuff, and now that they have these mechanics like uh, the ruinous effigy, where when you kill an enemy, you get an orb that you get to interact with, or even before that, they were dropping orbs for um for the uh, Rasputin build. In the Seventh Seraph build, like where you would get that, or with the Night Fairs, with the Unstable Essence, and mm-hmm. now they have it where you're killing champions to uh, to get your revive tokens back. Why why couldn't they make it to where killing a major could drop a an orb to maybe regain your abilities faster, or put out some extra damage to uh, your special ammos, or just in fact just bring back positive modifiers like before Reckoning. Yeah, I think these are good ideas. I think this touches on if the if you saw the ammo economy video I did where, you know, take a page out of Doom where you empower the player to be more in control of their ammo economy. You could do similar things with our abilities and our supers and stuff by putting a mechanic in the game that if I interact with it correctly and appropriately, it it keeps all of my uptime on ammo, super grenade, melee, whatever and empowers me to feel a little bit stronger. This this lands in the the soapbox or whatever if you you want to call it like my argument about we need positive modifiers as well, uh, you know trim down the twelve negative modifiers to about six and then add three or four positive modifiers and they could do essentially what you're talking about. 
Um, like when we're in, what is, is it attrition or whatever it is where you're you're losing your health and you can only get it back from the little orbs on the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, something like that, but it, it but not in the negative. It would be in the positive. If you kill a major or rapid kills have a chance to drop, um, you know, energy orbs and energy orbs, you know, give you five to ten seconds of super and ability regen that's really, really fast. And so you would be you wouldn't be playing super passive and drawn back. You'd be playing aggressive. You'd be wanting to push closer to trash ads to get those rapid kills, to throw those grenades, to keep oppressive darkness going. To and then you throw the grenade, and then you get the the increased you know ability regen, and then you're running you know demolitionist or whatever. I think there's a lot of potential there, and this all falls into the same category. So we're in the specifics right now. We're coming up with ideas and and and, and ways and mechanics that can do all this. If you zoom all the way out, this is just literally saying add positive modifiers, like make us strong, you know, because the enemies are strong and we should be strong too. Exactly, I, I feel the same way. The last thing I wanted to to say was uh, you talked about uh, how you want to give more freedom to uh, to the mods like barrier mods and overload and unstoppables. Mm-hmm. I feel like they tried to experiment a little bit with that with this uh, with the seasonal artifact this season. With them adding the pulse mod onto your armor class, I just feel a little let down by it that they did two. They have a mod for on the weapon itself, and then for your for your armor. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like they could have done a lot more with that, given a, a a weapon class from last season or just another weapon class that's not on the seasonal artifact already. And it could have worked a lot better. Yeah, I agree, and it could also be you know maybe more universal like it would just be an unstoppable mod and so any primary you run could get it um the 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 only good the really good thing that came from it was you can now get a champion mod on an exotic (laughs) because you can run an exotic pulse you know and that again i think falls under the line of experimentation i i do i think the artifact is another indication that year three was a transitional bridge to year four and they're going to learn and use a lot of what they learned from the artifact and grandmaster nightfalls and i would argue probably even trials that they're using all that information for year four it's kind of like what division did with their final year and 1.8 and and giving them a a really really good foundation for D- division two now division two was kind of all over the place but it still had a very very good structure and opening and a really good sense of loot and builds and and gear and that was all sort of gleaned from division one in the 1.8 patch so i think we're in a similar stage and this is probably why they didn't want to do a destiny 3 so it would be easier to hand off the value improvements do you remember like rise of iron and age of triumph in that era and all those great quality of life improvements, and then all of a sudden we were in D2, and all that stuff was gone, and it was like, it felt like a value loss, it was like, man, Iron Banner was better, the loot was better, the raids were great, and now they can have more of a handoff, instead of going from Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph and feeling like we're in the Golden Age, to being like, oh man, this is such a dry start, they're able to have a better baton pass uh, to to, uh, to the, you know, Beyond Light, so... That transition felt like a real slap in the face. Went from looking awesome to being basic again. Right, right, exactly. So. All right, do you have anything else? I'm a, I was going to move on unless you have another question or comment. Uh, no, that was it. I just uh, can't wait to be here next Friday for uh, for game night. 
Oh man, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be so much fun. So cool, man. All right, see ya. See ya. All right, uh, let's see. I'm being told to skip Doge for now and go to Darksider. All right, Darksider, what do you got for me today? What, what are you going to disagree with today? I want a bit to talk about your beloved, most favorite game mode, Gambit and Gambit Prime, a little bit <laughs> in the future. Okay, okay. <laughs> with Sunsetting and Beyond like coming, one of the major aspects of Gambit Prime, the armor sets and the roles of players in it is going away. What do you to see the future of Gambit going forward in Destiny to be? Yeah, that's a good question because we, we, we've kind of talked about this before that it, it, it captures a decent amount of people every day, um, which I find kind of impressive. And because of that, I'm worried they're kind of trapped because if they make too many dramatic changes for folks like myself, it's very risky. And the risk is twofold. The first aspect of the risk is is they risk losing the people that actually enjoyed it as it as it is right now. They think it's fine, they think it's fun. And then you're also risking me not really giving it a fair shake because I never liked it to begin with. So I could go in and be like, eh, they didn't really make enough changes or, oh yeah, this still really isn't my cup of tea. And you lose on both fronts there. You lose the core audience that was playing Gambit regularly and you don't gain any net players because guys like me still shrug at it or still don't want anything to do with it. So they're kind of stuck. I don't think they can really deviate too much from the way Gambit is right now. And so if that's our premise, you know, if I'm going to start there, I'm going to conclude that trimming it down to one game mode and kind of treating it like trials, and what I mean is this, you essentially update it annually. So give it, give it a new armor set and new loot once a year, maybe a new map, maybe update the bosses, and then that's it. It's just a game mode that runs. You know, just they do the same thing with, you know, some of the Crucible game modes with the strike playlist. Treat it like that. I don't I don't think Gambit is in a position to take center stage and be a central piece to a DLC or a season, and I don't think it deserves a bunch of update, innovation, and bandwidth because there's so many other things in the game that get more people that could get more more iteration evolution and advances so that's what i that's that is exactly what i would do with it i would essentially treat it like how it seems they're going to treat trials it's a game mode you wind it up update it spruce it up and let it run for a year and then that and then just keep doing that just leave it as it is because as our, as we said with our our premise it was that you can't change it too much that's too risky you're just you're probably not going to win over the people that don't like it and you're running the risk of losing the people that do i want to go a bit into what because in the last two weeks i have been playing a lot of gambit prime because i was playing with guildmates to help them get reconner and mm-hmm. what i noticed that gambit prime feels a lot of aspirational role in the game if you go in as a full ma- pre-made of four people mm-hmm. like you have to strategize who does what role because some people are better at invading, some are better at surviving in PvE and so on and this is I think that if you remove matchmaking from Gambit Prime and use the normal Gambit for the loot for the armor just to go to the people and not reckoning mm-hmm. it could create an aspirational Gambit grind basically, you play normal Gambit to get the tier sets and armor sets for Gambit Prime and then you 
organize and plan with friends or guildmates for Gambit Prime, like you strategize for a raid or a Gen Master Nightfall. Yeah, I, I, I actually, obviously, I, I, I like that on paper, but then in practice, my concern would be your. You're breaking up the player base a little bit, which can hurt, you know, matchmaking and player funnel and all of that. And we, you know, we know how that goes in, in trials. So, I, I think their goal to trim it down to one mode, I think is is totally fine. And I think what people are putting in in both Discord and YouTube chat, I think is some is some decent pushback on it being aspirational. I don't think it's created. In, a, in, in an appropriate way, like the depth and the fight and what you need to do to be successful for it to be considered aspirational. They'd have to make some significant changes to the boss fight. I, I think you're right. In Prime, there is more of a, you got to have a full team. Somebody's got to be the invader. Somebody's got to be this and that with the armor sets and, and the roles. I don't disagree with that, but I still think when you break the game mode down, there is, there's a lot of cheese, I guess. And so it would, it, it feels like the ribbon cheese to me. It's like, oh, it's this great, so much going on, all this thing, but then you just break down the fight, or like, you know, a better example would be one puddle at Golgoroth. So running the one puddle strat at Golgoroth is essentially what Gambit feels like to me to a certain degree, is you've got all this stuff going on, all these mechanics, all these moving parts, and, you know, it seems like it's going to be complex and a good tug of war and a good back and forth, but it's no, just do this, apply the formula, hit the hit the boss with oppressive darkness bubbles, you know, sword him up, kill him. And and that's that's the current way of doing it. There's always been a very quick way to just melt and destroy the boss. So if if you were gonna get your way, I feel like they need to make some fundamental changes to deepening the the aspirational um, version. So if you're gonna have this aspirational version of Gambit, it needs to be deepened significantly so the boss fight's not so cheesy and uh, just sort of run and over. I think that's where the armor sets could come into effect because right now the balance in Gambit is really horrible. A good invader can literally prevent the enemy team from ever doing anything. Yeah. If you have a Reaper, Collector, and an Invader, a good one with fully get fully stocked best in slot set armor, Invader comes in, has a super powerful overshield, Xenophage with armor, armaments to get heavy ammo, cross snipes the entire enemy team. Mm-hmm. While he's doing that, the Reaper gets damage bonus against adds and goes on a scaling tree, generating lots of mouse, and the Collector just constantly sent. 15 and 20 enemies and by the time the enemy team respawns the invader invades again and stomps them again yeah and for they could use the armor sets basically like you need a reaper to weaken the boss so you don't that basically you have to have a reaper to deal with the boss effectively otherwise it will be like a guaranteed three phase or four phase Mm-hmm. And they can u- enchant these effects of the set armor. I think in Beyond Light, I would like to see new armor sets with new effects, not the same ones we have. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I think, I think you're right. I, that that's kind of that's putting meat on the bones for the 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 big picture of what I was saying is it needs to be deepened and expanded upon if it's going to be truly 
uh, aspirational. Um, and and Wheezy is saying something in both uh, Twitch, uh, but both YouTube chat and Discord chat that I've said very many times that it's a PvP mode in disguise. The PvP aspects are so influential uh, that the team with the best PvP player is going to win. Um, and I, I think that's another aspect of Gambit that needs to be looked at. But the, here, here's the, here again is the problem, is if you completely retool Invasion or minimize its effect or influence or even its, uh, even its rhythm, rhythm, like how often can you do it? If you change that, you again, you're doing that thing where you're changing that, that recipe that people like and they're going to be like, ah, this isn't Gambit anymore. It's not the same. Uh, and then the the likelihood of me coming in and, and concluding that this is a place where I want to spend a bunch of my time is just it's a, there's a low probability of that because I already don't like it. Um, so I feel I do I really feel like what's going to end up happening with Gambit is they're going to remove one. They'll probably remove regular and keep the prime, and then maybe get rid of the armor. E- either way they do it, you know they'll go down to one game mode and then they'll maybe give it a loot update once a year, maybe a new map, and then that's it. They're just going to let it hum. It's a it's a vendor with, you know, bounties, and you know, like I said, maybe some new loot once a year or something. I would be pretty annoyed if Gamma got some updated loot and guns and stuff before, you know, Shax and Zavala. I'm always going to take up for those two homies. It's like, they need to have a vendor update before freaking Drifter. You know, Drifter's not even been in the game as long as them. <laughs> I so smell a snitch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can call me. A, you, you can call me a snitch. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah, I understand. But and that's another thing that I'm gonna talk about. That trials came back in a horrible state, and people want trials to be fixed. But like you say, that Shax and Zavala were first here, and then should Gambit. I think Gambit should take priority over trials in that regard because. Fixing trials recovers more than a one season or two season change to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I could, I think I maybe agree with that. I think the probably the dilemma there would be that trials is in such bad shape. It's trials is on life support and Gambit's not. You know, is how I would kind of phrase it. Like Gambit's still kind of humming along. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I understand what you're. I, the principle you're applying is sound. It was in the game first. It's do an update before trials. But um, I feel like we're looking at two sick patients, and one is in way worse shape. You know, I'm gonna, if I'm going to triage this like a like a like an ER, like an emergency room, I, uh, trials is is in worse shape in some respects. But in the, if you're going with that analogy, as a triage, you have to decide which one you can help. Actually, if Gambit is in a bad is in a bad shape, but not as bad as Trials. It's more likely to save Gambit than to save Trials, in my opinion. It's a lot easier to save Gambit than to save Trials. Yeah, it's a, it's a we don't have to go as far, right? We have we have less <laughs> we have less miles to complete before we could fix Gambit. Gambit would be maybe easier. I I and you know, truth be told. There's probably a team that would handle that that has nothing to do with trials, so it probably wouldn't pull away from trials and vice versa. You know, the, 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 whoever's in charge of these these game modes is are, are likely different and separate teams. Somebody, uh, I think it was Hitman, said that they should just vault it. Uh, they should just vault Gambit. Um, there's a part of me that agrees with that, but the problem is 
There's a difference between vaulting Leviathan or a planet and vaulting a game mode with regular daily engagement. I, that You see what I'm saying? I think there's a significant... That would be like vaulting half of the Crucible or something. You know, like, oh yeah, there's no more control, there's no more clash. Wait, what? Like, there's people that play... Thousands of people that play those game modes every single day. There's not a, like, core segment of the audience that goes to the Leviathan or Titan every day. It's not a daily ritual hopper. And so, while there's a part of me that wants to be like, yeah, I'm on Team Vault Gambit because I dislike it so much. I want to be fair and remove my bias <coughs> in the situation and be like, you you probably need to keep it in the game because it's a daily ritual for so many people. Um, if that makes sense. I think it makes sense and we don't have, and let us not forget that Trials in Gambit in one day gets a lot more traction and attention than trials in its entire three day stay during the weekend going by play and ember yeah yeah charlemagne is is something i cited very often when trials was on its downturn i said that you know gambit's getting more players in a 24-hour period than trials is getting after an entire weekend and um and the funny thing is i i can't really do a, a victory lap here because you know of everything that's happened but so many content creators are like trials is in a shambles it should just take it out take it out of the game for a while um and so more and more people are joining my team of like put trials on like the last video that hit my channel before everything happened like was put trials on hold and yeah i saw that yeah and more and more people are coming around to that sentimentality of like it's in such bad shape that it's not worth keeping it around um, so I don't understand why Lono hates Gambit so much. It's not that bad. Well, it's like when someone really dislikes a, a food that you like, you just can't understand it. You're like, oh, this is delicious. It tastes so good. And they're like, I can't dude. I think it tastes nasty. It's like that. It's subjective. Like you, you like a certain, like this is happens with pizza, right? You like certain topics on your pizza. Somebody else is going to come along and be like, absolutely not. That's disgusting. That's the way Gambit is for me. Gambit is is like putting, you know, garbage on my pizzas. What it is, what it tastes like. I don't like it. It's so disruptive. It's tilting. It's rage inducing. I've always I've always whittled it down to that. That the fundamental problem that I have with Gambit is that it is so ingra- in, ingratiated. No, it's not the right word. It's, it's so it's ingrained with disruption. You are always getting disrupted. Invader, blockers, you know, getting shot and losing your moats, getting killed by the ads and losing your moats. Everything is disrupting what you're trying to do. And it's tilting. The screen flashes when they send blockers. The screen flashes when they send a, an invader and that stupid noise it makes. I'm like, just leave me alone. Is is That's generally um, how, I, how I feel when I'm playing Gambit, is so just leave me alone. You hate it for the same reason you don't like the public event because it's chaotic really chaotic it's not linear guided like uh, other activities in the game it's chaotic hectic and constantly under fire it depends though because i liked chaos of daybreak nightfalls i liked the chaos and the intensity of wrath of the machine i liked the chaos and the intensity of the bowl encounter in the dungeon when i was under delta i think it's more of a chaotic and intense isn't the right word it's more um 
I feel like I'm a punching bag. You know, I, I, that's why I call it a meat grinder. It's a meat grinder. It's like you're just, you're getting punched, doom, doom, doom the whole time. So there are elements of it that, yes, are chaotic, but I don't have like an aversion to chaos or intensity in Destiny because there are, there are activities and elements that, that I do enjoy when things are kind of wild. Um, but when I feel like I'm in a meat grinder, I feel like a punching bag where it's like disruption, disruption, hit, 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 you know, um, and that's why I think because you said that hit 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 it's like uh, Gambit Prime shouldn't have matchmaking and it should be like an aspirational content where you have to go in pre-made because when you go in a pre-made it streamlines it heavily you cannot I cannot imagine I was playing a lot of Gambit Prime alone I hated it the moment I started doing it with clan and actually communicating talking and like organizing it became a fantastic game mode that is like nothing in Destiny matches it. I I don't think I can argue against what you're saying. Like I think maybe that's essentially what Gambit was supposed to be. It was almost supposed to be like the trials that wasn't try. We didn't have trials, and the way they set it up, it was meant to be trials. Go in with an an organized team. Everybody has a role. Everybody has their armor sets, and. I actually think you're right. I think Gambit Prime at its best is when organized teams face off against organized teams. and But that again starts to expose some of the flaws. There was that Gambit tournament that they did and it was awful. It was like... <laughs> You know, they were shoutcasting it, and the, and they're like, oh, and the melt, oh, that was so unbelievable. And it's like, what, huh? Like, the, the, there was nothing intense. There was no nail-biting. The boss's health bar disappeared. Like, it was it was, it was cheesy. Um, and, you know, Bungie did a stream where they were, you know, they were commentating and watching people play Gambit, and they didn't, they didn't commentate or say anything when the one guy literally wiped a team with the um, with the Queen Breaker, <laughs> he literally wiped the team. Just went in and wiped the team with the Queen Breaker. Like just looked, it just so overpowered and broken. That was before the nerf. And um, so, to me, the minute you throw in highly skilled stack teams, I actually think you're right that it does start to sort of shine better. But it also has the potential of really exposing some of the things that need to be deepened. I think most notably the boss fight and the influence of invasion the boss fight is is just way so so transactional and fast and I think one of the major issues with the invasion is some of the weapons ecstatic weapons truth xenophage it's like they are not meant to be in such small arenas to be used like yeah, they were built yeah. for something larger and if it's so in a, such a small area they become insanely above the curve of everything else yeah yeah i can agree with that it's it's like you're trying to suddenly throw a new uh, you're trying to throw a new animal in your circus act and it's just it doesn't fit it's too big you know it doesn't or maybe not that it's too big it just doesn't fit it's like it's like a fish out of water it's like the way destiny has been built up to now you know, exotics and our power and our abilities, they all kind of fall into a certain place and a certain space and Gambit lands and it's just like, oh man, Xeno or Sleeper or, or Queen Breakers suddenly become a problem. And it's that, that's what to this day is so infuriating about some of those nerfs. It's like Gambit's not even a mainstay. It's not even a staple of destiny. And that was the only place 
that the sleeper was a problem. It wasn't a problem anywhere else, but it was a problem in Gambit. That was so irritating. I think that's probably why I hold a grudge against it a little bit. It's like, you came in and broke my baby because you, they wanted to do this innovative new game mode that doesn't, it just doesn't fit into the act. It's, it's, it's out, it's just kind of feels out of place. And on paper, it should fit. It, it's supposed to be bringing the best things of Destiny together. And it just, on paper, sounds so amazing. Oh, PvE and PvP finally coming together. Yeah, that's going to be great. And then it's not, you know. And another issue that's it's hurting Gambit uh, is bounties. I think yes, because right they disrupt they disrupt player behavior. You've got people trying to grab 15 moats. You've got people playing in a stupid way or using a stupid or inefficient weapon or going for melee kills, and then they die and they lose all their moats, and they're not playing the game as intended. They ran into this in Titanfall 1. If you wanted the prestige, you had to do all these r- really weird challenges, and the challenges graded against game flow. So you'd have people on your team sitting in a corner and hiding with a shotgun and a C4 charge, not helping with the objective, not trying to rack up kills. They were going for, like, specific kill challenges and it it was play flow disrupting it was it was it was game flow sorry game flow disrupting the games weren't going right cuz you had all these people playing poorly so the same the the same thing happens with those stupid bounties it's like you're you're encouraging people to play in ways that are antithetical to winning um <laughs> you know and 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 then when it's attached to a milestone you also have people going in there that are literally like I don't care if I lose I'm just here for the milestone <laughs> so it's like you know they're checking that box um, Sigmund Slim thank you for clicking the join button and becoming a Rageless tier 1 uh, we've only had two new members today though, so thank you to the two new people that have clicked the join button enjoy the emotes perks and discord you're dope and deserve dope stuff so you got anything else on Gambit for me Oh, this is all I can talk about Gambit without going deeper into a Q and A. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could be uh, that could be um, a good video, maybe. That I think we probably need to do one before Year Four starts, like a video on like how to fix Gambit or what you know what needs to happen um, in Gambit. So, um, gonna be coming to you, Doge, if you're ready. Um, and let me hear. Let me mute Darksider. Uh, so I'm going to unmute you, Doge, and see if you're ready to go. You ready? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so, uh, so I think one of the problems, I think the main issue with GM is, like, the contest modifier is, like, too high. Like, uh, like, uh, like, like, Nightfall is, like, much different than raiding. Like, the enemy hits on a Nightfall, and then compared to, like, raids, like, and, like, and the contest for raid was like only plus twenty, well in like uh night was only plus uh twenty-five, so like the contest modifier like uh like like makes like the modifier like more stronger, like the one where like you can't jump or you die to like avoid act light. hmm So so are you saying that it's they're doing it they're they're basically hitting you twice and they should only they should choose between the two is that what you're saying right they like need to lower it a bit because like a plus 25 is like insanely high for like a nightfall like difficult teach uh mode compared to like a raid which is like it's comparable to strike when you're on level and like a contest like in raids isn't uh, that bad compared to a contest in like nightfalls mm-hmm 
they're it's it's like a multiplier like they're compounding on each other and making the pain you know sort of almost like overstated or over realized i i agree with you i think that is part of the 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 big summary statement is it's just it's too much right it's too much it's over the top it's 12 it's so many negative modifiers that they hide five of them in one right or is it six now yeah they hide six in one (laughs) i I do i do disagree with like some of the negative modifiers and like they're not as bad as like contests like they're only bad because contest like makes them like like worse uh like for like one for like uh one of one of the modifiers that join in like like you can't join in like i think that's like to prevent like people from like uh from like getting like ammo from a tribute hall or changing weapon or like letting some uh or letting someone like join in when they to after like the boss dies so they tend to uh completion or like uh the limit the self revive which is to prevent people from like using the sabatune uh, boss arena cheese where they can where one person can hide and two other people like can just do damage and self rest themselves like I don't think like some of the uh, native modifier like th- an issue yeah I, I think the, the main issue I have with negative modifiers is number one there's a ton of them and number two there's no positive modifiers to offset anything and I, that's where it feels incredibly slanted you know and i remember this i actually got really irritated about this in sundial so sundial had heroic and they added you know negative modifiers and they take away or i'm sorry they took away they took away the positive modifiers so i remember specifically i was on a titan and it was brawler and solar and i was running peregrine greaves and it was a blast i'm shoulder charging majors into oblivion it's just just so much fun and then we went up to do heroic and suddenly I couldn't do that anymore suddenly I wasn't strong and doing something fun and of course I was irritated because I was like well I guess I'll just run bubble you know like the minute I was in an environment where there were no positive modifiers I couldn't do the thing I was doing previously I (laughs) All of a sudden, it's like, I guess I'll just run bubble because that's exactly what happens. The minute the player is not empowered, they're going to take on a position of passivity or defense. And that's where there, there, there's nothing here to counteract, you know, any of it. He's saying Grandmaster version of contest modifier on its own puts a player at a severe disadvantage than simply being at, at level with 12 modifiers would be much more preferable. No, yeah, I, like, I agree. I think the 12 negative modifiers... Or, you know, add insult to injury. If, if there was no delta, it'd probably be fine. Because you take more damage and do less damage in Nightfalls, like, automatically. That's built into the damage structure of a Nightfall. I can literally, right now, I did this the other day, I went into an 820 Nightfall Pyramidian. I went into a Lost Sector, and it's crazy how much faster you die. I, it, the Lost Sector was honestly annoying, because again, your positioning and the layout and the enemy saturation wasn't built for me to suddenly be in there on a Nightfall. I was, I was dying really, really quickly. So, I I, I think that that's a, that's a valid that's a valid point to make, that if you would just turn one of these knobs down, you could probably leave the other knobs alone. You don't need to, like, lower the delta, lower contest, lo- get rid of some of the negatives, add positive modifiers. They could probably get away with... I, I don't know who submitted this during the Q&A. It might have been Darksider. It might have been Doge, where they said, 
when the when the 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 nightfall was glitched and the enemies were doing damage just normal damage but they were taking a ton of damage to kill it was you yeah it you know what if they did that would that be better and i essentially said yeah because you're at least addressing one of the rhythmic problems with it you're turning one knob down so i can totally get behind at least turning one of the knobs down and it's still being good aspirational challenging slow going content um you know i can get behind that definitely yeah i think it would be nice like if the enemy like won't bullets once like even when you're at delta because like 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 what you can you can kill the enemies fast and you can like avoid the pain like by doing that instead of like having to like hide behind corners you can just kill them fast so before they can kill you right you would you would have a choice then so that's a combat decision do i go for the quick kill do i try to shoot these guys or do i hide because you're not immediately getting melted and I think that's one of the reasons that as I outlined in my video the design flaw is it it disrupts enemy hierarchy and therefore you don't feel you have a lot of combat options it's mostly evade or tank as opposed to you know play aggressive or position here or you know that's why I like the idea of buffing exotic primaries in nightfall so that you would have at least somebody who could run ads Um, and the 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 structure in general i think would get significantly better if just one knob was turned down even if it's just that one that enemies do their normal damage but they take longer to kill like even that knob alone would fix a lot of the fundamental problems i think there is uh with with the setup from a again from a design standpoint not an experiential i like it or don't like it but from a design standpoint i think that would at least be more sensible Uh, and also, uh, mo- most of the boss, like, last season in, like, uh, GM Nightfall, our team, like, cheese, like, one of nothing, like, I just hide, like, find, find a hidey hole, uh, wait for the boss, like, to, like, uh, pass by and anarchy the boss, and, and I just do that, like, until he dies, and mm-hmm. for, like, uh, Armzilla, we just throw a grenade under his feet when he's immune, <laughs> and, like, th- there's a lot of cheese, a lot of things you can cheese, like, for boss and GMs, which yeah. like just remove the challenge. Yeah, yeah. You 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 evade. You go invis and skip everything. That's not challenging. That's that's the absence of challenge. That's just total avoidance. Or as you're saying, you just cheese it. <laughs> yeah, just cheese it. You know. So definitely agree. Then, that's part of the problem. And, and then these this season uh, still cheese like there's a cheese where you can damage her before the fight even gets started. Right. Right. Yeah. That <laughs> that raid's just getting. <laughs> getting sliced up as time goes on more and more cheese in the in that poor raid it's a shame because it's a good raid uh you mean uh strike oh i'm sorry uh yeah strike um i thought you said shuro chi i thought you were saying you could damage shuro uh, chi no i said the uh like they're basically the same thing (laughs) Oh, oh oh yeah 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 her strike okay uh all right i'm gonna move on dude good thoughts i'm coming to Rexus, as long as he promises not to swear and be a good and be a good boy. <laughs> Are you there? I, I I promise I will be a good little noodle and not <laughs> swear. Okay. <laughs> Although I always like re- retrospectively, if you swear but don't say a curse word, you're still swearing, aren't you? Those are 
Those are. If you, it, it, it's more of the mentality of in general. Like if you say frick, you yeah. still mean the other thing, but you're just saying something else. Is it still the same? No, it's different. It's called a um. Oh, what's the word when you say a word like um? I forget what it is. There are people that believe that though. They believe that if you say frick, you might as well say the real word. And I'm like, I I don't agree with that. I think you can you can have um reactions or it's not expletive it's i forget what it's called when you react in that way and why it's not i don't i don't i don't agree uh that it is the same uh, just according to like you know words and interpretation and you know lexical range of meaning if you're interpreting like an old you know word or even new words that have range of meaning um it's to bypass youtube's demonetization system yeah that's right that's right <laughs> That's right. So, all right. What do you have? What do you have for me today? What discussion you got? Uh, yeah. So, um, I re- I realized, hey, we've just uh, yesterday or so. Yeah, my memory sometimes like a goldfish. Uh, we've just had a discussion. Strikes in general need more oomph. Yeah. Currently, the only thing that you can increase currently in most strikes is um increase the sponginess of the enemies and how hard they hit when they hit you mm-hmm. and maybe how many they are but that's about it mechanically there isn't a lot to do right and i th- i'd say if you i think they need to maybe they really need to just fully redesign strikes and instead of just having like having Designing them basically like you said they did the uh, Oryx raid. Start mm-hmm. with it, make it a little bit uh, heavy on mechanics. Maybe mechanics you could still do without communication, but still things you need to think about. Like uh, just the easy example that is like on the lower end of it, but was a good thing with the mines in the uh, Warden of Nothing. Mm-hmm. You have to, oh, shoot, we have to go get there. Oh, now we have to split up. And right, right, right. you yeah. have enough time to properly do the mechanic, even if you're not talking together on voice or even just talking together. But you have enough time to realize, oh yeah, that person's going left. Okay, I'll go right. And if you design them like that, I'd say you could have a more, a way more enticing experience in a Grandmaster because you can increase the difficulty of the already in place mechanics. Right, they did that in the um, in the Wrath of the Machine raid. It was you had to do the same thing, but the monitors were smaller, or you had to throw more balls or kill more servitors. So they they took the mechanical pain and they increased it, you know, quantitatively. And in the Oryx fight, they didn't just increase the mechanical pain quantitatively; they added a whole new thing, you know, that that was coming out the Light Eater Knight. So I I don't disagree with what you're saying. That would require and I think they could do this because the assets are already built and the strikes are already in existence, but going into a strike and saying, as you go up in difficulty, um, boss fights in rooms and door checks. A door check is like where you're standing there waiting for the door to unlock or you're, you have to kill so many things you know, before you can continue. You, know, you have to get the worms from the knights and slam the worms to blow up the hole and you go down the hole, right? In that one strike, I forget the name of it. Um, when when you do that, if you set up all those 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 mechanical checks, those door checks, and, and there's mechanical requirements, you could just say, when you go up in difficulty, those environments are going to get harder and require you to do more 
Um, even if it's just quantity, it could literally just be quantity. You literally have to slam more worms um, or hit, I don't know, hit more or do more than than you did you know, previously. Yeah, Broodhold, thank you. You know, like, because I, I think you're right. I think that that's one of the reasons I don't think strikes work very well when you make them really difficult. They don't have the elasticity built in. It's like it, it's like when I went into that lost sector in the nightfall. It's not built for that. It's not it's not set up for that. So it's 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 and I was trying to get melee kills, which is stupid. You know, you're just pushing up to the enemies and getting shot. So you know the 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 mechanical pain angle. I just think it takes more time. It takes more development time. And I think this was an this was unfortunately an easy. And I I don't like using the term lazy, but in a sense, it is lazy to just say raise the delta and just throw a ton of negative modifiers on that doesn't require you to do anything to the strike in and of itself you don't have to get like down in the trenches of development you're slapping a a a coat of paint over top of the the strike that makes it i think you know not in not a not a good design philosophy for end game content it's really they weren't meant for that and they just don't have the mechanics in place to really do a lot with it. And yeah, and if they po- did... I was going to say, if they did uh, that with raids, think about if they did that with raids in D1. Oh, this one's hard. How is it hard? Oh, everything's strong, you're weak, and there's a ton of negative modifiers. We would have been like, wait, what? Like, when they went from normal to hard in Kingsfall and normal to hard in, in Wrath, there was a very clear indication, there was a very clear like connecting of the dots of seeing, oh, ah, this is requiring us to do more. This is harder in this respect and that requires a lot more work and this just doesn't yeah that that's why i'd say we could almost maybe take a little uh, inspiration from uh, leviathan maybe even i know it's it's a it's not the pinnacle of raids but i just thought of the uh, gauntlet encounter mm-hmm. like it is you, it is currently it is complicated enough that you need to know what to do and need to talk with one another. But a smaller version of that could, I'd say, very well actually fit in a Grandmaster Nightfall. Maybe even the full, at least in, in terms of how complex it is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and they did it well with the uh, prestige mode. It, it, it they didn't just throw in more enemies or something, but they said, "Okay, you know the mechanic of the normal one. Now we add a small twist on the mechanic. You need to take care of one more thing. Only one per one person is only allowed to once uh, during one round step on the plates, and then you have to switch." Yeah, yeah. They iterated on the mechanic itself as opposed to saying here's a light eater knight, here's an extra knight, or kill more servitors. Like, that, I, I think that's a good take. The, the, essentially, the idea is the mechanic didn't just go up in quantity, it became more in-depth or more complex. And I do, I do think that when you do it that way, um, so, if, when you do it that way, again, I think the issue is preferable, better, you know, probably more quality, more of a value add, but it takes more time. So when you're looking at strikes, there's so many strikes, so many rooms, so many bosses, so many so many fights. The the time that it would take them to comb over every strike and do this, 
it, I just think that's why they did it this way. It just I really do think year three, so much of our frustration or quality or value, you know, what we feel like are quality or value vacancies, I feel like is heavily related to how they broke up bandwidth or that you know ran skeleton crew on this year it just i don't know i think they set so many people's you know sites and workload on year four and this year every time i every time we start to peel back on something and really think about it it's like man they just ran skeleton crew on this they did not put a lot of thought into this um whether it was the 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 tower event or that that seasonal grind uh, or, or how some of the things felt convoluted like why tyrant surge was way more effective than the actual seraph weapons themselves or you know the the dungeon loot what is that like a great dungeon but what's up with the loot um the the way trials landed and then now what we're talking about here grandmaster nightfalls what is this it feels so slapped together or thoughtless or experimental you know that the artifact feels experimental trials feels experimental um like they knew we're gonna take it on the chin this isn't gonna be very good but we're gonna learn a lot you know yeah and as you said i'm also maybe they got burned a few times with uh how people reacted to certain things that in retrospect weren't actually that bad yeah like you said uh, uh what was it called uh prison of elders thank you but i've never played D- d1 so uh yeah i it's not fully in my memory uh but i would have loved something like that when uh escalation first started and they never did it again because first the perception was so bad Right, and that unfo- that's unfortunate. I there's two things I think this community has has unfortunately they've they've cut off their nose to spite their face in two different ways. Number one, I think we were way too critical of Prison of Elders and Chal- Challenge of Elders. I think most of that criticism was driven by an existing frustration. So people were already frustrated with Destiny, and so when Prison of Elders first landed, it was the second DLC, uh, House of Wolves. And people were irritated already at the vacancy, lack of communication, and drought. And so I feel that Prison of Elders initially didn't get a fair shake. And Challenge of Elders fell in a similar time period. Drought, long period of time, nothing really going on. April update was free, and then they did this Challenge of Elders thing. It let people level up easier. They didn't need to run the raid to level up anymore. And it got, I think, unfairly criticized. And that's an, uh, that's an example where the, the community didn't give the give the content a fair shake and a fair criticism and a fair critique and a a, a fair measurement and so then Bungie kind of recoiled from it and they haven't really gone back to that style of content in a while now Sundial was very close it was very close uh, but it was uh, it still wasn't quite the same as like going into this like arena and fighting I, the, the, the original name for Prison of Elders was the arena, it was going to be a raid I think Skolos is a raid boss, That's the, he's designed like a raid boss like that, there was a, they were originally going to have that be uh, a raid and I think they thought better about it because of how ill received Crota was Crota aged like a fine wine Age of Triumph may have but I don't know Um, so yeah, and the oh the the other way that this community has cut off their nose to spite their face and overreacted and really shut certain things down is 
being so against reissuing or repurposing let's actually i'll say repurposing repurposing content they're so against it so content just lies dormant untouched unupdated and nothing happens with it for for ages and i just think that's extremely unfortunate because there's so much good content that could afford to be repurposed blind well escalation protocol we're far enough away from them now the forges reckoning menagerie these are all great pieces of content good content loops that that are just have lying they've just been lying there dormant and so the most encouraging thing that bungie announced in the beyond light this is going to sound weird but the dcv is the most encouraging part to me because it's almost like they're embracing the idea that as they called it, we can bring back some of the greatest hits and people are just going to have to deal with it. They can cry and moan and whine all they want. I don't care. I'm going to love going back to the Cosmodrome, running those old strikes and running Vogue. I don't care about those criticisms and critiques. That that to me is encouraging. It's almost like Bungie's finally being like, you know what? Repurposing content, shelving and taking content out and putting it back in and dressing it up, making it better. You know, we can do that. We don't, we don't have to listen to the naysayers. And uh, I hope they take on a similar attitude with Challenge of Elders and Prison of Elders style content because I actually think they, they, they again, I think they recoiled from it and they didn't need to. I think that stuff got over, over criticized because of where it landed in the life of the game. And Brandon, I've not heard that. Where did you hear that? He's saying, have you heard that year four isn't D3, but the Witch Queen is? Why would be people, why are people saying that? I have no idea. I've not heard that. If, so, if you haven't heard that, then I definitely don't either because you're way, way deeper down the rabbit hole than I am in that regard. Well, and Beyond Light feels like, in essence, what a, what a new game would have been, right? A, a giant new location, a, a huge story change, the return of the, sp- the, 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 uh, the stranger, and a new subclass. All of that feels like the, the, the groundwork of a new game to me. Uh, and if you look at the original contract that the timing lines up we were supposed to get another game this September according to the old Activision contract they're no longer under so if there's leaks or reddit theories or posts or something about how Witch Queen is supposed to be the true like oh that's what D3 was meant to be then I'd be really interested to see why they're saying that because I also think Witch Queen is going to include the Dreadnought and originally when D2 Vanilla launched Luke Smith indicated that the end end scene where the light of the traveler hits all the planets that's the order of the DLCs because it hits Mercury first then Mars then the reef the reef was for forsaken and then the fourth place it hits is the dreadnought the dreadnought got bumped and the moon came back so I don't know I think when they say that it's because everything has been leading to Savathun and that's when she finally arrives well, I could agree with that. Maybe they shuffled the order and D3 was supposed to kick off with Savathun and they've shuffled the order. Maybe what's happening with Europa and the Stranger was meant to be a, something that happened later in D3. They may have shuffled the order, but I still think foundationally what we're getting in November now is what was meant to be the, 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 the framework and the new building blocks for Destiny 3. And I think the major story changes, large new area... And the subclasses are a hint, a hint in that direction. Even if story elements uh, have kind of been shuffled around. So, by the way, gonna... I'm... go ahead. I'm. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry if anyone heard something like a gunshot out uh, from my microphone. I have no idea what is going on lately outside. 
No, no. Was somebody constant... doing fireworks or something, or was it yeah, really a gun? I hope so. Though we have, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, but they're a little bit early. First of August would be uh, here in Switzerland. Oh well, maybe they're just maybe they're warming up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So. That they're really early. Uh, one other thing that was uh, uh, during during this Stortitz talk, uh, if you still got time. Yeah. Uh, he said Gambit Prime maybe make it uh, like something like Trials, where you don't have matchmaking and actually have uh, you have to go in as a team as, as it is meant for that. There I say, maybe a good idea, but please then do one thing. Please throw out uh, quests that require you to get kills or get so and so many modes banked or so many wins in Gambit Prime. Please get rid of that. This is not fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I, I think I touched on this a little bit um, when I, I kind of interacted with what he said. I, I, I basically said if they're going to go that route, and I think maybe they could. I have you know two concerns, and one was splitting up the player base and hurting matchmaking. Uh, it wasn't distorted, by the way. It was Darksider. Um or maybe Distorted was typing it oh, in, the, in the chat. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, it was Darksider who was Sorry, Darksider. It's okay. And the other thing I said was similar to what you're saying is they would have to do a pretty significant quality pass and update to Gambit if you're suddenly going to say this is aspirational, trials-esque content. If it becomes like that, then you've you've got to make some changes to it because, as I said to him, you know, the boss fight's kind of corny. Uh, the strategy, the steamroll, the snowball, the um, the 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 influence of invasion. I, there would have, and that again, I think, and this is why I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to do much to it because, let's say, they allot a team of twenty, a thousand hours to fix Gambit. Okay, so you got 10 people, 1,000 hours, that amounts to 10,000 hours of development bandwidth. Okay, let's just keep it very, very simple and easy to picture in our minds. So picture 10,000 hours, 10 people, 1,000 hours for that team, all right, to fix Gambit. You could potentially throw away 10,000 development hours if the result is that you change it so much that the existing people that like Gambit like it less and play it less, and the people that didn't like it to begin with still don't like it because it's still too similar to Gambit. Do you see? Like you're, it's there's it's too risky. I just think they're going to leave it somewhat as it is, trim it down to one mode, and probably give it like about an annual, maybe an annual update of loot and a ma- and a new map or something, maybe a new boss. Yeah, that's that is definitely more likely. I just wanted to give him a little pat on the back it was in theory a good idea <laughs> no yeah i agree with you i do i think well, that it has potential but that i that i can't see them doing it what i also would prefer to do them is uh no more exotic quests that make like unless it is a uh, rate specific exotic or something like uh what was it called in year one uh the big heavy shotgun Oh, the um, uh, Legend uh, of Acrius. Yeah, Acrius. unless it is something like that, that is like somewhat raid specific or just the raid exotic itself. Uh, I think exotics should not be in too high level content and not require you to do too hard things. As for for example, I was, I had 
almost a mental breakdown from the uh, Ace of Spades quests, especially because it was a story-relevant quest. Yeah. And you just had to go into content with unoptimized gear, which was required. You were supposed to ki get kills with hand cannons on a map where you constantly got shot with heavy machine guns and, this, and the like. Hmm. It... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right in line with what I was talking about when I referenced Titanfall. Um, re you know, requirements... Um, and I don't necessarily know if I agree with you about those exotic quests in particular, but I do think that the bounties and things in Gambit and the requirements to prestige in Titanfall, when it's antithetical to game flow or good loadouts or good strategy, when it becomes man, that guy is playing like an idiot. Oh, well, he's doing bounties. What? Like, bounties should not make you uh, make you play like that. So, I um, I agree in principle that they d requirements and quest steps like that should not have you going in and doing um, and, and, and doing things that are sort of antithetical to the design of the game mode or the design of the map. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't remember the ace quest being difficult. Um, and I'm not quite sure what exactly you were referring to. You had to get hand cannon kills and there was lots of machine guns. What part are you talking about? Uh, the quest step was, uh, when Gam... Yes, I, th I think heavy machine guns came then. Uh, the quest step, like, they changed it about a year after. But the quest step was first get, um, kill invaders with hand cannons in Gambit. Yes. It yeah, was you guys are forgetting they changed that. that they changed one. Yeah, that. they changed that, luckily. But I, at this step, I quit. I quit. I threw, I threw my mouse across the room and quit. And I didn't come back to Destiny for about a month or two. Yeah, and yeah I remember I that. I just hope that they never do this mistake again, because... An exotic, if it is a, a even especially a story-specific exotic, like I mean, you just finally killed Aldrin, you come back uh, and come to Banshee. Here, that's the Ace of Spades. I, I, I got it back. Can you take a look at it? Yeah, sure. Uh, oh yeah, you need a few parts. Okay, sure. When can I, where can I find those? Uh, you need to get kills in Gambit with a ha with a hand cannon against invaders, which always will have a heavy weapon on. Yeah, or like, a super. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the, that that, the, that 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 quest step got adjusted for that reason. I completely forgot about that because I remember I didn't even attempt it. I was like, "Nah, this is stupid. I'm not doing it." And I waited, and then they fi and then they they fixed it. Like, I don't know how long ago it. I don't know how long it took. Like a month or two, maybe more, where they finally were like, "We've adjusted it," and you could get. I think it was just get kills, or assist in gambit or something. Get kills or assist in general with a hand cannon then they were happy oh, okay so then you could oh, go man. you could get team shots or go to pvp hmm. it took me a day and i'm not even that good well N nico mcbrain you have to understand what i'm saying here it's not about length of time it's about asking the player to do something that's antithetical to the mode itself so asking somebody to challenge and fight against another player with a hand cannon 
who is consistently going to be coming over and invading with heavy ammo is arguably kind of stupid like it's <laughs> you're basically saying bring a knife to a gunfight please and keep and do that so many times to get a quest there isn't a sense of I, that that's when you're exhausting the player you're not asking the player to check a box or do something that could be finessed or, or done well it's it's literally can you bring a butter knife to a gunfight it's just it, it's a mismatch um again it's it's if it's antithetical to the mode like that's why i referenced titanfall and some of these bounties right oh no a challenge no 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 no. hang on a minute that there's a difference between something being challenging and something being illogical i i think you have to see the you have to see the difference challenging would be get you know get get 25 headshot kills with a hand cannon well that's challenging you gotta be good it's gonna you're gonna get it done quicker the better you are right a more skilled player will get that done quicker and therefore there's a nice little spectrum of completion there it's gonna take you longer if you're not as as good but saying you know go in and it's like it's like okay this is a this is a, a a strike where there's lots of snipers and we want you to kill uh 20 snipers uh, with a sidearm, you'd be like, "I'm sorry, what? That's antithetical to the combat design. Why would I do that? That's going to be infuriating." I think that's where we're 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 trying to kind of approach this: is that it, there's a difference between making something challenging and making something illogical. Asking the player to do something that feels antithetical to game design and how combat is set up, I think, is the main issue with why it needed to be changed. There are appropriate ways to challenge the player, and there are ways that that feel like a bit of a joke. And I think that kind of felt like a joke. So. It it felt like a cruel joke where you are getting um, your leg broken and the other person is laughing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the the kills, and then the hand cannon kills in Crucible afterwards. uh, I think, was it even comp? Might even have been comp. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, getting those... When the f- when when uh, just as uh, shotguns finally became special weapons and everyone in Crucible was running around with a shotgun or a sniper, and you're sitting there with your hand cannon, um, um, guys, can you please hold still for a second? Oh no, he slid right in my face, and I'm dead again with one shot. Oh, yeah, that didn't help. It it wasn't as bad as the gambit part, but didn't help with the frustration. Well, and the, and the and people are also mentioning in chat that when you were trying to do that for the Ace Quest, the sleeper was running an absolute muck in uh, <laughs> in Gambit and got nerfed, and then then Queen Queenbreaker reared its head, and then it became Hammerhead and Thunderlord, and now it's Zeno. You know, it's <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like they're the invasion at, at its core is 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 got absurdity you know woven into it and i agree with what teddy's saying it it didn't make you play you know intelligently or well it asked you to play you know stupidly it's like all right there's an entrenched cannon up on that hill uh we have a couple of combat options we could do a mortar strike uh we could have a sniper try to take him out or we could have Dave charge the cannon with a knife. Which which should we do? <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like you're asking, and you expect Dave to win with that knife. Yes, yes. It's like you're asking somebody to do something that's that's antithetical to intelligent combat choice. Like that's you wouldn't do that. So it that's why like 
you can say technically it's challenging because it's hard, but I can say, yeah, but it's also really, really stupid. <laughs> and it runs counter to everything we know about good combat decisions in a game like Destiny. Um, so, <laughs> good good back and forth on that, though, for the people that are like, well, it should be challenging. It's an exotic. It should be hard to get exotics. Um, you know, Hellfire's like, screw Dave. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have to... With one point, I have to disagree. It should be hard to get exotics. Some exotics, yes. But the Ace of Spades, which is a story-based exotic, which is an exotic that was maybe good for uh, Crucible, but it belonged to Kate, who we finally got revenge for. It was a story quest. And another thing is that bothered me so much is you're expect Banshee is sending me into Crucible and expects me to be good in Crucible against other players when Cade himself, who had this gun, canonically was absolutely awful and had to cheat to win. <laughs> I mean, look, the lore description, lucky pants. Cade yeah. had to cheat to win, and you're expecting us to go in with a normal hand cannon and not cheat and be better than Cade to get Cade's weapon. Hold up. <laughs> That just felt wrong in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. One people are saying, remember when the thorn caused comp to be filled with Ikelos hand cannon and the kindled orchid? Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one was really odd too, the thorn one, because like if you went on a uh, a critical hand cannon, a, a critical void hand cannon kill streak, you got like a ton of percentage points. But everything else about it felt just awful and slow. You'd make some progress if the thing was void. Or if it was a hand cannon, or if it was a crit. But if everything lined up and you went on a critical, like a, a, a crit hit, a headshot kill streak with a void hand cannon, you got like a ton of progress. It was really, really odd and very, very specific. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I know th- this debate always happens. It always happens whenever we talk about the the exotics in the game people don't like getting an exotic from their season pass you know things like that and i i understand that i do um i think that uh at at a at a a very general level exotics in this game are super inconsistent so it's hard to be dogmatic about it and say that exotics should be hard to get or rare or really really tough and take a long long time it's like there is no consistent, you know, philosophy centered around exotic delivery. You, you get them in such a variety of ways um, that oh, that's a great role on that. I have another world marks priority targets and buffs ability regen. That's nice. 67. Holy moly. Um, you know, the the philosophy surrounding exotics is so all over the place. I can never get behind somebody, you know, dogmatically asserting exotics should be so much harder to get and so much more rare. It's like, what are you talking about, man? They hand exotics out like candy. It just, it just doesn't seem like Bungie has any desire to take that stance with exotics. They seem totally fine um, with, with making them, you know, exist and get delivered across a variety uh, of of choices some things are like the Thunderlord Th- some things are like the Divinity and the Xenophage some things are like the Whisper and the Outbreak some things are literally push the button and get it 
from the season pass. So I don't feel like there's a consistent delivery method or quest design for exotics that we can get we can get super draw a line in the sand on this. Um, and 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 sort of attempt to uh, dictate how they how they do uh, exotic quests and exotic delivery. Yeah, so it, in general, I'm just I'm at the same point. I'm just I just don't like it when it is story specific. Yeah, that is that. I mean, people who play the story don't don't necessarily play a lot of PvP or are even good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like to experience the story, and if you cut the story short, like make a cut, like like a, you're basically making a cliffhanger, and you're the one falling from the uh, tower, and you see if you survive or not. <laughs> right. And, oh, hey, cliffhanger! Now you have to do something that may that honestly many people won't be able to do. Many people are not meant for PvP in this game. Well, and I think they did a good job with um, listening to the community in this regard and adjusting it. So I do think, you know, we've, I think we've established that they, they've, they're willing to listen even on some of the pinnacle quests, you know, to make those changes. Cause it just, it, it, uh, they, they did, they demanded a little bit too much on some of them, you know, the multi kills from grenade launcher, um, <gasps> You know, yeah, I think the Titan armor this season is is exceptional. I think it's some of the best uh, Titan armor they've ever built. Like, I truly look like a tank. I look like I look like a beefy mech from like another game. Um, I really, really like this this setup. It looks very good. Unfortunately, if I want to look this way, I can't wear any exotics. Um, it looks okay with uh, Actium or Armamentarium. It actually looks really good with Armamentarium. Uh, but as soon as you put on an exotic helmet, you lose a little bit of the beef because the, the exotic helmets are a little bit smaller and more narrow. Um, so they nailed the design. So. Well, that's a long enough VIP. Always love having you uh, call in Rex. It's good thoughts and good talk, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me, even on short notice. Yeah. Guys, VIP call-ins have become you know one of my favorite ty- uh, pieces of content. Even when we have just a couple people call in, it lasted for over an hour. Great great talk back and forth chat you were you were adding and and debating and 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 discussing and and giving some pushback this is really really enjoyable if you're hearing this and you're like man i want to jump in the ring i want to call i want to call in pick the vip tier on youtube by clicking join or typing exclamation point join in the chat or you can use the patreon sntrpresents.com will take you to the patreon and you sync that up with uh, discord and you get access to all the dope stuff really excited for the first vip fight night to take place as well so if you're listening to this in any of the other locations this podcast hits spotify uh, google play and itunes as well as i upload these later to youtube after the stream is off uh, you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com and then hit the subscribe button and the bell button so you don't miss streams and as always please like share and subscribe